Dangerously Explosive Radio with Russell Brand and Noel Gallagher. You two, on your feet now! On Talk Sport. Yes, that's right, you are listening to Russell Brand and Noel Gallagher on Talk Sport. I'm Russell Brand, hello, hello Noel. Hello there. Thanks for joining me into this foray back into radio, because last time obviously there were incidents. There was one incident, which... Which wouldn't have happened on my watch. Certainly wouldn't have done, and I scarred not only myself but radio as a concept. Mr. G is also with were you us, a, were you actually poet laureate of the show. Yeah, I was there. Was it was it was it as unfunny as Great. it seemed? Great. It was it was an event. It was, it was an event, an event to be remembered. Yeah. No. Yeah. But Remember when you used to create those in the nineties? <laughs> that's what it was called. Now, obviously, we are celebrity fans. That's unavoidable. Mm. Now, like, oh, that's something that I, I want to get out of the way because, like, I want to be considered a legitimate fan as well as a celebrity. A lot of fan. people, a lot of people <clears throat> who I meet say, "Yeah, but you don't really go to the football." But they're quite surprised that you actually are a season ticket holder and you do go. They are often surprised by that and by my prominence in the hooligan organisation, the ICF, <laughs> in which I'm a powerful force. I think they're surprised because of. The way I dress. Uh, the way you dress. Obviously, you can't see this on the radio now, but he's dressed like some ludicrous hobo cyberpunk. That's right. That that would describe a, a well-dressed a hobo cyberpunk, but still quite chic. Now, we've got some interesting items coming up over the course of the next couple of hours. I'm going to tell you, our listeners, but also you, Noel Gallagher, as you have left the burden of production uh, to me, chiefly, almost uh, entirely. Well, I don't know. I've just seen... I've just, I've just witnessed the production meeting, which... Well, it was quite... Remin- reminiscent of the meetings they have at Wernham Hog. <laughs> well, and twice as productive, I'd say, because like coming up over the next two hours, we've got, I'm obviously a West Ham fan, you're Manchester City's most famous fan, it could be argued, now that dear Bernard Manning has passed. <laughs> that mantle hey, passes hey, on to hey, you, hey, Noel hey, Gallagher. No, I think not. No? You're actually quite a liberal gentleman, that's oh, yeah, uh, an unfair attack, and let me take this opportunity to apologise before it gets out of control. So you so, started already, how long have we been doing this? Already well, an apology. Two minutes. It's already, already an apology. apology. Hey, guess there. what? But listen to some of the things we're coming up, right? So we're going to talk about Man City versus West Ham, which is the better club? It's been bothering people for generations, that's just one of the items. Mind games, there's a lot of mind games goes on now. Yeah, I like in- it. Top flight football. You yeah. like the mind games, do you? Not that they're not that they're relevant in anything that happens on the pitch. But you I don't do think it. they're relevant? No, not at all. I think that mind games can be. Why then? Why would someone uh, as experienced as Alex Ferguson in, engage in mind games if they had no impact? Because he's an idiot. Oh God. Oh my word, that's the second apology. I'd like to apologise on behalf of Noel Gallagher. Well, we'll be talking to Martin Perry, who is an expert in brains, just one man's views, to quote Charlie Brooker. So, like, what we'll be be doing is talking to a brain expert, Martin Perry. He understands mind games better than anyone, and he'll understand the motivations and whether it does work. Oh, Rafa. You're not not telling me that, you know, when Stephen Gerrard and Jamie Carragher are worried about what Rafa Benitez says when they go on the pitch. I hope they are worried, because he's probably giving them instructions. No, we're not. not that side of it, obviously the tactics and all that, but like what he's when he's going on about Ferguson, you're not telling me that, that bears any. You don't think it bears any no, influence no, on their performance? No, it can't do. I think it might do because I think like you know, say like, well, okay, well, what about then Liverpool's decline, right? Say like a couple of months ago, did coincide with Rafa making that crazy sort of litany but bit? You just said it, it's a coincidence. You think it's a coincidence? Of course, and it's coincide. I did use the word up, coincide. It's cooked up by the media. That's know? true. That's true, actually. I was watching uh, on Sky, Soccer Supplement of a Sunday, and Martin Samuel, Sun correspondent, went, you know, goes, well, in a way, you know, and this is on Sky, in a way, the premiership, it is sort of fought out now between four top clubs, you know, and really, 
it's a bit boring. So we have to build up these arguments between, you know, between the managers, because otherwise the premiership is sort of a bit... You're on Sky! You're on Sky, <laughs> Martin! Shut up! You idiot! You're sinking the whole concept! I know, but they are, I mean, I just by the point out he works for the Times. He does talk about, oh yeah, he's, he's, he's with the Times now, or the Maui moves about, they move about, there's a lot of transfers. With there's a lot, they're, they're all, all good at the Times at the minute, all yeah. writers, yeah, brilliant. Very fine writers. Okay, yeah. also another of our items will be Anthemology, right, where we'll analyse football anthems and football songs using your world-renowned skills as a lyricist to analyse things like, you know, the works of Oddle and Waddle. I hope that's not sarcasm, Russell. It wasn't sarcasm. That's the lowest form of wit, which is an area I'll be leaving to you. <laughs> also, we've got an item called Magic Sponge, right? And that's where... It's a good name for an item, Magic Sponge. Good name for a band, actually. Ooh, Magic Sponge, I think. It is. Yeah. Actually, look at him. He's become a Svengali overnight. A guru. You are a guru. Magic Sponge is an item where we solve people's football problems, OK? That's yeah. just one of the things we'll be doing. I'll give you an example of a football problem look at this this is from a young lad tony hello noel and russell i need your help have you got any tips on how to skip football in pe at school i suck and i embarrass myself every time we have to play i hate it i need more excuses thanks love from tony that's a sort of that's a magic sponge football related problem that we could help for tony and uh, we could help resolve that i still ponder that yeah well good that'll be coming up a little bit later and i just wanted to like let's just resolve this issue before we get too far embedded in this like right I, there's a list here on a, a, a West Ham United website of West Ham celebrity fans, right? And listen to who those people are. These are celebrity fans of West Ham United. Chris Akabusi. What? Chris Akabusi is an athlete. He's from Record Breakers. That's bankers. a dance, isn't it? <laughs> Chris Akabusi was one of the didn't finest... Uh, modern, modern Romance released that, didn't he, in the 80s? <laughs> Chris Akabusi. Is he, he did. <laughs> I bought it. I, I had a flick. You have an it's truly incredible and encyclopedic knowledge of world music. Thank no one's denying that, Noel. Right, but that's just one celebrity fan of West Ham United. Nick Berry, Frank Bruno, Todd Carty, a.k.a. Mark Fowler. You're reeling off the greats here. Right, right, right all right. Yeah, listen to it. Perry Fenwick, who plays Billy Mitchell, retired cricketer, r- cricketer Graham Gooch, Leslie Grantham, no mention of me. Good, but good, you don't want to be in that crew. Right. You don't want to be in that crew anyway, do you? Well, in a way, I do. When did, when, when did you get... When did, was this list published in 83? <laughs> this is not a current list, is it? I think this I think this is the current list. Ray Winston is even at the bottom of this list, so in a way, I suppose it's not representative does of it the say, celebrity. Does it say Ray Winston in brackets, minder? <laughs> no, it says Ray Winston, the daddy, is actually what it, <laughs> right. what it does say. Right, so like I'm browned off that I'm not included. But that's what, that going back to what no. I said before, people don't actually believe because you look like a bit of a loon. Right. But people don't believe that you would get away with going to the football a and b, particularly West Ham with its yeah. reputation for grace and romance and '66 and the beauty and the glory and keep it I on mean, the floor. Go, of the I academy. Mean, I mean, I've seen. Obviously, I've seen you mm. at uh, Upton Park. Park. I've, yes. I've been there. You weren't wearing what you're wearing now, which is basically like a mini skirt <laughs> over a pair of jeans. I mean, you were dressed kind of down that day. Often when I go to live football, doesn't I don't wear, the, wear ladies' do, leggings. Doesn't wear the beads. Doesn't say <laughs> Harry Krishna. <laughs> I tend to curtail some of the more feminine all right, no, aspects. Yeah, all right, mate. Yeah, all right, mate. Hold <laughs> it down a little bit. Yeah, I do try and emphasise the masculine part of my personality when meeting Ray Winston or when patrolling the chicken run. I do <laughs> tend not to wear ruched ladies' leggings in case it leads to difficulty. But nonetheless, that I still do encounter quite a lot of embarrassment at West Ham. On one occasion, have been 
forced to lead a chant. That was in like that was a sort of at a bar mid game. Yeah. Right, Brandy. Also, what I didn't like is that I was dubbed Brandy for that <laughs> whole exchange. Brandy, give us a song. Brandy, Brandy, give us a song. Well, firstly, I'd like to query Brandy. Could you call me Russell? Because uh, Brandy is very much a porn actress name. You know, but nonetheless, I didn't take up take them up on that issue. I just thought, give them a blast of Overland and Sea mm. with full commitment. It is available on YouTube. You can see me being humiliated, jostled, and Where beer was, spilled was this on in me. a pub? No, it was in one of the bars inside the ground. Oh, right, okay, like right, I just, right. I made the foolish error of going to the toilet. And it was, oh, it was a, a terrible, terrible mistake. Sloshed about in liquid, not only in Have the lavatory itself. Have you got a box then? Because I bumped into you in boxes up there. Yeah, well, obviously now, since I answered it, oh, I've this? taken, yeah, as a direct result of some of this aforementioned jostling, I do now tend to accept some of the corporate hospitality, mm. as I'm sure you, I mean, I did, the other day, I went I went to see West Ham Sunderland and accidentally Thrilling walked out of a, well, what a game. Yeah. Oh, to watch it at all was wonderful, <laughs> but to be young was very heaven. <coughs> I wandered out accidentally with a sandwich in my hand, and I thought, oh no, <laughs> you've literally got a sandwich in your hand. It's not prawn because I'm, I'm vegetarian I'm not manly enough to eat a prawn what was it egg, egg mayonnaise I think it was egg mayonnaise yeah, mate mayonnaise, yeah right. I just sort of threw it over my right. shoulder pretended <laughs> that it was an act of defiance why well, what, in case, the system why, why? in case so you were seen be with a sandwich literally be seen eat like the absolute representative of the detached fan but like you know so but now I you know I am slightly but removed you don't look like a detached fan you look like a crazed lunatic right cyberpunk fan because the fans of your mm. music are essentially the same as, uh, as the a, people you'd meet at a football match anyway. To a certain extent, probably mm. 75% of the uh, English fans would be into football, I would have thought. I've made the mistake of appearing with you at a gig. I thought, oh, this will be fun. Basically, No, I think be... you'll find is I made the mistake of appearing <laughs> with you at a gig. I think, I think now that... That's how that works itself well, well, out. I don't know, because on the night, mate, I thought there'll be about 50-50. Oh, there'll be Oasis fans there. But, of course, there'll be the loyal legion of Russell Brand fans there in attendance as well. I walked out onto the stage. So, oh, Oasis! <laughs> no! No! People throwing cans and stuff. I thought that like, I had planned a brilliant 20 minutes that night at Coco in Camden, which quickly became, ladies and gentlemen, Noel Gallagher. <laughs> right? and, like, and added to that, your bloody brother... Your youngest brother was hanging out of a balcony, causing eruptions and chants um, at every flick of his substantial eyebrow. Mm. It's bloody ridiculous and very difficult. Mm. It was amazing that he was there at all because he doesn't like either of us. No, <laughs> he doesn't, does he? No, he, doesn't. he hates me. He doesn't like you. What's up with that boy? Because I've had some nice oh. chats with him sometimes. I had a really nice chat with him. Like I met up with him in Las Vegas when I went to see you perform yeah. there. And he went, I'm thinking of getting a lime green cottage or something. Like, so was, in all them cottages in Amsterdam, I'm thinking of getting a lime, yeah, there's a pink one, a yellow one, and a lime green one. I'm thinking of getting a lime green one. Oh, all right, that's nice, mate. <laughs> it's nice to talk to him about things like a lime green cottage. So I thought, I thought I'd connected there, but obviously not, because the last no. thing you told me is that you're in South Africa with him. Mm. And Pete, you overheard a conversation about me between yeah. South Africans. Yeah, they was asking why you got the sack from the BBC, which technically you didn't get the sack. People all over the world are asking that question, Noel. Yeah. OK, well, we've got some wonderful chat coming up. We're going to be looking at some of your emails, Magic Sponge, where we solve your problems, like that lad who can't go football. My mum used you to write have done me a note. should have done a jingle that was like Magic Bus by The Who. Yes, that we could have. Brilliant. That would have been a watching. You've had this been. production meeting. You there, right? Yeah. Who I actually thought from this afternoon, thinking he's quite professional. That's my mate Jack. Somebody he's essentially, essentially someone who looks like a junkie was actually pulling it off in there. No, but I've come up with the best Your idea first of the day. impression. Rubbish. Junkie was Rubbish. correct. Where's the magic Rubbish. bus jingle? Where is the magic bus jingle? Magic it's not sponge. here. Right, magic. would have been good. Done it. 
have been brilliant. Would have been brilliant. An opportunity. I'm actually surprised right now. This what we usually do is oh, and as by magic, I have a guitar. Would you play it for us? <laughs> <laughs> quick, quick, give him a guitar for his sake. Exploit that man's talent, somebody. Go and get the guitar. Okay, we'll get a guitar for him later on. We will be talking to as well as me being perhaps West after Ray Winston, uh, West Ham's finest celebrity fan. There is but one other who can challenge. Yes, Barack Obama has revealed these West Ham fans some time ago. We're going to get him live on the phone. No. Yeah, we're going to get him live on the phone. <laughs> yeah, we will. It will definitely happen and won't lead to problems. I, Russell Brand, guarantee it for you on TalkSport. Coming up later, also we'll be talking to that Mind Games fella. That's going to be fantastic. And do you know what? Jonathan Roscoe's, I'll come on the show if you like, mate. I'll, you know, give us a call. He's, yeah. had, his, he's, had, his, he's had his goal. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, uh, yeah. So there'll be more from me and Noel after these important messages. 10.89 and 10.53 a.m. Life's a pitch on Talk Sport. Talk Sport. 10.89 and 10.53 a.m. Great life. Not just a clever name. Talk Sport. Talk Sport. You're listening to Russell Brand. I'm here with Noel Gallagher. Hello, Noel. Hello, Russell. <clears throat> so, yeah, you remember, mate, you told me once that when Eastlands was being designed, they brought you upstairs at City to show you, like, the plans and everything. Yeah. Why, why did they ever do that? I don't know. I don't see when we got when we got promoted the last time uh, from the championship up to the premiership. Uh, we were, I was at the last game of the season, and uh, the then chairman David Bernstein brought us upstairs to the boardroom with Kevin Keegan. Quite bizarre, and they were showing us the plans for the new stadium. And I was kind of plastered, just going right. Well, right, just trying to hold it together and be brilliant. Like, yeah. Apparently, Eastlands is the best Feng Shui football ground. In uh, the Premiership, it doesn't surprise me. It's really? got good feng shui. Really? Yeah, like the, you know, the floodlights are in good places. It's facing. Well, the right it wasn't. Direction. It wasn't built for football. It was built for built for athletics, wasn't it? So. Oh really? It was built for the Commonwealth Games. I see. So that's so it's got that. Did you not know that? I don't know about the Commonwealth Games. I don't even understand what got, Commonwealth well, is. Well, we got that stadium. The Commonwealth is where you're relatively famous. <laughs> right? Anywhere, anywhere else, you don't exist. Well, yes, it's true. I've recently been to Canada, and I'm very, very. Popular. And Australia, you've been to Canada, Australia. Yes, Have you been man. to the Turks and Caicos? I ain't been Turks and Caicos. You'll, you'll probably get a laugh there. Anywhere <laughs> other, any, 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 anywhere other than that, they've you think never heard of there, no, I'm they've gonna never, struggle. This, this, this program will be called Gallagher and Brand. Do you think that they'll reverse that? Do you? Yeah? Without a doubt. Because I stipulated contractually that this would be Brand and Gallagher, mm. not just. Because it will then sound like Brandon Gallagher, <laughs> some kinky Hollywood star, as you yourself suggested. But also because, yes, I'm a preeminent broadcaster and you are a bit of a rent-a-gob. Yeah, but you're, in the broadcasting sense, are making a grovelling comeback. Whereas <laughs> I'm still riding, riding, riding the waves of success that's Constant been going on for success. 15 years. Endless. I, I, Whereas, one and a half but decades. You, you're generally... Every, uninterrupted mediocrity. Every, none of the glamour, none of the crash bang wallet. Generally, either, What's he gonna do you're, next? A, you're either making a gaff or coming back from one, <laughs> depending on which year it is. Well, they can play this out at any time Absolutely. and it will still seem relevant. Noel yeah. Gallagher there, he's still <laughs> pounding out those calls. It's me, I could do something edgy any moment now. Welcome to 2020. You're listening to us on Talk Sport now, me and Noel. Right, let's talk about some of the... I think we've got to cover some of the flashpoints, some of the broad brushstrokes of this season, right? You see how Alan, uh, Alan Shearer has gone back to Newcastle Ment- United. Mental. Do you think that's an act of madness? I, I hope they go down for that. Do you think they should be punished with relegation? I just thought, I'd just be brilliant if they went down. I don't think there's any greater sight than on match of the day seeing Fat Geordie's crying. 
Do you, why do you want to see weeping topless, Geordie's? Topless Geordie's crying. Crying on television. Oh, it's a great show. They should have it in the Olympics. <laughs> right. Or Make a Geordie cry. Perhaps even in the Commonwealth yeah. where, you know, I, I would you know, be and a all that, all that Geordie Nation nonsense. You don't like the Geordie Nation. No, 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 they're all right. They're all, I just, it's the Geordie Nation. What does that mean? You don't like that. They're also very readily available for it when a new messiah or pope is brought in. They will have... There's thousands of them at St. James's 55, Park. 55, that's all there is. 55,000, that's all there is. That's, that's that Geordie Nation. But they're ready to go, aren't they? Whenever anyone turns up... Good. They're like, oh, hello, someone's arrived, well, they're we'll waiting. S- all right, well, we'll see you next season, won't we? Hold on a minute, why? Are you, you're resolutely attacking these people. Oh, no, I'm not. Not the people. Oh, no, the people no, we're no, the up people, for. fine. Badly run club. Yeah, it's rubbish. See, what is, and you think that the Alan Shearer decision should send Ma- them... It's madness. You think it's, it's madness. Yeah, I, 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 I speak for a lot of football supporters when I say I hope they go down. I thought initially that it might give them a lovely boost and we might all skip through no. on a, a sort of big, lovely tidal wave of optimism and be sheltered, perhaps, by Ian Dowie's lovely forehead. I thought that in itself could provide an edifice to protect... See, what's going to happen two. if they go down? Is, is Shearer going to stay in charge? Or what's going to happen? You know, are they going to get... An, all that nonsense, I'm only here for eight games. Yeah, what about what Joe Kinnear? What's going to happen to him? He's there recovering in hospital. Oh, I don't know. And what must he be thinking, that poor man? He'll be thinking a word that we cannot broadcast. Yes, unbroadcastable words we've been... Briefed very clearly about that. What how I judge managers, Noel, is how they cope with a press conference situation. Now, Alan Shearer, he looked very, very confident from the off when he sat behind that trellis table being interviewed by sports journalists. I thought he looked he looked capable, he, able, cocky. Yeah, I liked. He's it. obviously had media training because he worked for the BBC yes, for ages. Right. Of course, I didn't get that, unfortunately. No, well, you don't need it. You've <laughs> no, got you've got you too much. That. You've got you've got too much personality, which is essentially the problem. Right, too much. You've got for too one much. Man. Yeah, should sort some of it out. Well, so, it's just. You know, have like, a day off every now and again. Give yourself a break. Yeah. Fair enough. All right, that's me covered. Alan right. Shearer, you think he's definitely had a bit of media training for oh, his job on Match of the yeah, Day, yeah, so you think he handled that press conference yeah. well? Yeah. Right, I thought, yeah, I thought he seemed cocky there. Steve McLaren, when you'd see him do press conferences, I always thought he looked a little bit like he shouldn't be there. Nervous. But first, I mean, it's tough being in the England job anyway, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Because everybody had it in for him from the start. Yeah. Nobody, nobody really thought he should be there, do you know what I mean? Because he was still part of the Ericsson regime, wasn't he? I have a... You know what? Right. You see how England, they go, oh, my word, right, let's get a nice English manager. We'll have Keegan. Oh, God, Keegan is all passionate and loopy and ridiculous. Let's get someone who's very staid and steady, clear-headed, get Sven-Goran Eriksson, a foreign manager, someone I clinical. Was, I thought he was brilliant. You liked I him? I thought he was brilliant. You liked him at City, you I liked loved him for him England. At City. I just think he's a great manager. He's got a great philosophy on football. Really? You like him as a philosopher? Yeah. Now, well, he, he said, about, if, you know, when we got when we, we went to Chelsea a couple of seasons ago and got beat 6-0, and yeah. he came on the telly afterwards, and he said, I mean, this is profound. You, know, you don't get this from English managers. English managers would have come out and gone mental, and yeah. all, all about laying the stall out and working socks off. Here's another thing. Get your socks if, on! If, if, if players regularly work their socks off, they never come off the pitch barefoot. No, I've Ever. never seen it happen. Ever. Right? I've never seen a nude foot. They take no. their tops off so often. Anyway, Ericsson, Eric, Ericsson comes out and he says, it's better to lose one game 6-0 than six games 1-0. End off. That was it. Walked off. That's all you need to know. That's like Confucius. I'm telling you, man. That's beautiful. It was beautiful. Right, now, if that's any other manager, they'd be, you know, tub something and, you know... Socks off. Yeah, socks off and all that malarkey. Banana skins, play for the parrots. Sh- play for the shirt. Well, the shirt doesn't exist. Kiss it's the badge. A, it's a garment. It's a garment. F you. 
Phil Brown, <laughs> Phil Brown, like who's coming on our show later. Now I've gone to a bit of bother because I said that when he sat behind that trellis table doing the uh, interviews, I said he looks like a, a dancing on ice judge because he's all brown and everything. He looks like, like brown look, by name and nature. He looks like a doorman. You think he looks like a doorman? Yeah, I can't. Some have. might argue, Noel, that he's the handsomest damn manager the Premiership's got. Really? Like, well, who have you got? It's a better <laughs> Phil Brown. Swarthy. Gus Hiddink. Gus Hid- No, he looks like a trawler fisherman. Yeah, well. He looks like he should be dressed up. He looks yeah. like he should be singing a sea shanty. Yeah. Right? Not good looking enough. Since Mourinho's gone, that gorgeous beaut. Who Let I'm supposed to hate as a West Ham yeah. fan, but I can't bring myself to because he's like a twinkly yeah, eyed yeah, yeah, but yeah, but everybody loved Mourinho, didn't they? Everybody. Yeah. He's a lost. He's a lost to British football, he's regardless a... of who he managed and, and how much everybody hates Chelsea because of his panache. Well, just because he's, he's the league was better with him, right? You know, it just was because he's a lunatic. Because you want outspoken characters, yeah. like in media, all that accusing you know the referees and all that, and it's brilliant. Except he did that thing with his dog that confused me. Didn't he start smuggling his own dog about? That's what I mean, he's mental. That's weird, isn't it, to yeah. smuggle your own dog around. Yeah. Just leave it alone, mate. Was it his dog, though? Do we even know if it was his dog? Yeah. Oh, what they smuggly, they love this dog. <laughs> what are you doing, mate? Leave it alone. Put it home. Put it in the garage. You don't want to go with you. No, I wish you... Oh, well, I, I hope he comes back soon. That is why I would like to try another one of these magic sponge. Oh, the magic sponge. So, it would have been brilliant. would have been great. It would have been brilliant. So well, no, So well. would have been brilliant. Yeah, this is pertinent, actually, to <clears throat> a point we were discussing earlier, Noel Gallagher. This is from Ketch in Newcastle. What a lovely name. Oh, he's like a Dickensian hangman. Ketch. <laughs> I be Ketch. <laughs> oh, Ketch, you Dickensian hangman. What have you got to say? I'm a Newcastle fan. Shall I insult the Geordie nation by attempting their accent? The obvious answer is yes. Why, I man. I am a Newcastle fan and stirring down the barrel of relegation, it don't seem real. As supporters of two teams that have both been relegated from the Premiership, do you have any advice on how to cope? Are there any advantages? Do you want us to stay up like? Do the pies taste better that are turf more than Old Trafford? I'd like to apologise to the people of the North <coughs> East for that letter. That's from Ketch. From Newcastle. Wow. Uh, relegation, yes. As a, a West Ham fan, I've of course experienced relegation. You have as a Oh, we've been down to the third division. Of course you have. Of course mm-hmm. you have. Yes, like Charlton, currently, they've just recently experienced that 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 double drop. It's horrible. What an horrible feeling. Now, that uh, is mm-hmm. not something I can recall encountering. But like when there is a point, I think, where you start to think, right, we're going to get relegated. It's definitely going to happen. Well, right, at least well, we'll, we'll see us win some think, games I next think, year. I think you know... I think you know, and I think that always transfers from the stands onto the onto the pitch. I think there's a collective from the supporters that I think the supporters give it up at some point. Really, you think a collective yeah. negativity, a Jungian well, if, unconsciousness? Well, they say, well, they, well, well, they say that you know, uh, like at Liverpool and Old Trafford, there's a collective belief that they're going to get these late goals and win and win games, and it kind of always seems to happen for them. But, there's, but there's a pessimism at City and. West Ham, I believe, which is why we'll probably never win anything ever again. You're right, right? Because right, so you think that at Anfield and Old Trafford, they can will success yeah, into happening I, I think so. with their collective mind. Yeah, with their collective idiotic brain. <laughs> they use their great big giant sixty thousand idiocy power. Well, you know, you, but they, if they all believe no it's going believe it's going to happen, and it generally does. You know what I mean? Belief is everything, and they use yeah. that belief to push them over the line to yeah. grind out another goal. Whereas we've got anthems along the lines of like my dreams I find <laughs> oh look we've been defeated it's going to happen isn't it if, you're, if the anthem of your club 
could have been sung by Albert Steptoe. You ain't like, of course, was a Rangers fan, I believe, but you know, you still aren't going to experience success. And what's like Blue Moon and all that? That's a bit morbid. It's melancholy to say melancholy. the least. Melancholy. Yeah, it's melancholy to say the least. It's downbeat. Yeah, without a dream in my heart, without a love of my own. But is there are? Oh no, it's touched me. You have got a way with words and music and whatnot, even when they're not your own <laughs> lyrics, which they never are. Some would say. <laughs> now, so is there? What is the positive thing about relegation? I think the positive thing is, oh, we'll win some games. Yes, but uh, I when you when you go down, it's usually it can be the the it can be a good thing because yeah. if you if you go down, at least you're going to be in a, a, a an upward direction for the next season or maybe two seasons. Where, say, for instance, if um, Newcastle or Middlesbrough finish fourth bottom, yeah. they're already favourites for relegation the next season. Right. So immediately there's pressure yeah. on the manager. Um, whereas if you go down, you're immediately favourites for promotion, which yeah. is kind of, you know what I mean? Optimism. And t- <clears throat> yeah. And then that collective Jungian mind of the crowd can be a bit more upbeat. Yeah, I, would, I mean, there's no doubt in that if Newcastle went down, they'd win the championship, hands down. Yeah, you'd think in so. Also, yeah. Might be good. And also they can be underdogs. It might be good for them. So, Ketch, yeah. there are many good things about relegation and that's a concept that it seems that we think that you all embrace with our collective mind, me and Noel here. So as, for, as, as for the thing about the pies, I have no idea. Don't eat pies. I, no. like, I, I think it's a negative I'd, thing. I'd hazard a guess, Ketch probably does. Ketch, you like a pie? <laughs> I think if you would went to Sweeney Todd for an haircut, and even if you knew full, full well that the woman downstairs was knocking up pies out of entrails, you'd probably still chomp your way into that pie, <laughs> knowing it was made out of man guts. <laughs> I think you'd eat it out of Jimmy Five Bellies. Navel, if you had to. Well, oh. well, brilliant, that navel. I was about to say... What were you and they haven't say? edited that out. I've just stopped myself from Well done, on, see, self-censorship from Noel mind, Gallagher. He can mind. do it. He must have done it at number 10 in the 90s. He'd have to have behaved well, When we used to there. do this kind of thing live, it mm. was a real lesson in discipline for me because the amount yeah, of times yeah. I wanted to say, you know... Yeah, I know. It was, it was wonderful. And, I, right? and, that, and that's not been edited either. You know, I wanted to say just Brilliant. Go, Self-censorship. You know. Well done, Noel. And, um, you can do it. Yeah. You, you know. can do it. You're a I great man. I'm trying to keep my Tourette's under control. You're here. doing a wonderful I job. I am doing a wonderful Apologies job. Apologies to actual much. sufferers of Tourette's. You're welcome. Okay, so you're listening to Russell Brand and Noel Gallagher on Talk <laughs> Sport. Later on, we're going to be talking to Barack <laughs> Obama, aren't no, we? Chance. Possibly. Also, more Magic Sponge. Oh, what an item it's turned into on Talk Sport. On the air, chips it forward. In your ear. 1089 and 1053 AM and DAB Digital Radio Talk Sport. Talk Sport. Smells like team spirit. Absolute dreamland. Talk Sport. Does smell like team spirit in here. There's a lot of deodorant or something going on in this room. I, don't know, I think that's your mob, isn't it? Yeah, no, they're strange. Right? They're trying to cover up a multitude of sins. You listen to Russell Brand and Noel Gallagher on Talk Sport later on. We're talking to Barack Obama, some people are saying. But now, no it's going to happen. No chance. Come on, mate, be more optimistic. I, I'm yes, we I'm, can. I'm, I'm interested, that's what he I, says. I'm interested how, what, uh, in, uh, under what technicality you're going to get out of this. Is it Barack Obama? Way? <laughs> oh, uh, like uh, some name uh, Yeah, yeah. Yes, we can. That's his slogan. We, yes, we bloody well will. Barack Obama, he's an optimist. And no chance. I know for own. a fact he's probably in bed now anyway. Yeah, he probably is. Well, you never know, mate. With optimism and our collective power and using our conscious minds the way that Liverpool yeah, can will a late goal. Yeah, but, you know, I'm, li- yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm breaking that chain. I'm willing it not to happen. You're willing it not to happen. So yeah. you're actively going against us. Yeah. Well, that's great. That's yeah. great. So we can't even get consensus between two people. How are we going to get a revolution? Don't matter how many protests oh. I go oh. to, Noel. We yeah. can't bring about a revolution. That was, embarrass- that was embarrassing, wasn't it? What? Just me showing up there, show a little bit of support. 
for the people, mate. Active. People that perhaps you've forgotten since you've gone all fancy Dan in your lime green jacket. I have to you say, I have dress to, sense. I, I, look at you. I you're have, like a green cross code man. Who are you trying say, to warm people off? All right. Well, mm? you, you look like a knob. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, when I seen that when I was when I was abroad, yep, right, proud, riding the wave, riding the wave, mm. um, there was a thing in the Daily Mail that just had a big picture of your daft head right, underneath. I think it was that scarf you've got masquerading as a belt. That's a lovely right? scarf. And uh, uh, some McQueen. cheap, some cheap, cheap some cheap black woolly hat, and it just Prada. said, and it just, said, <laughs> and it just Not said, cheap. the global village idiot. <laughs> Global Village Idiot. I thought it was possibly good. one of the greatest pieces of journalism I've ever read. I'm glad I've wound up, Richard. Because he, he made a good point. <laughs> Don't say he made a good point. He did make a good point. Global Village Idiot. No, no, good. No, I'd no. like that part because no, 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 that's, ah, that's was not, not Jesus known not as the wise fool? Caught referring yes, he was. to you as was the, not Jesus no, known as the wise fool? As an idiot, he's not making a he's not making a point. That's stating a fact. Hey, the point that he made was. It's like you're allegedly protesting against the G20. Whoever they are, I don't know who they are. Well, like some, I believe G-Force are actually some sort of some, bird men in little planes. But without, without, without capitalism, Russell, you cease to exist. <laughs> Fair enough. Listen, mate, I've got to talk to you about an important issue. It's regarding Wayne Rooney. Here it is. SpongeBob. <laughs> oh, yeah, fair enough. Good, good news for Man United fans. Wayne Rooney plans to give his first child a nursery decorated in team colours. The bad news is it won't be United's famous red. He wants it all blue in honour of Everton because he supported him as a child. His Red Devil teammates will not be impressed and he risks a blast of a hairdryer from Sir Alex Ferguson. Uh, surely Alex Ferguson can't be interested in how he decorates his kids. That'd be brilliant. Nursery. That'd be brilliant if he got a bollocking off Ferguson for painting his nursery blue. That's, that's, That'd be brilliant, wouldn't it? I think it's t- taking things too yeah. far. Oi! Yeah. Interior design, that is not his remit. No. He's entitled to decorate his house how he likes. He can de- really, surely. Ferguson can decorate Gary Neville's house because, you know, apparently he does. I've seen a lot of chaos in Gary Neville's house. I've seen a lot of mean? insignia. Well, he's got his house, he's mental looking. He's like, well, have you not seen photographs from inside? There's like I don't crazy curves. I don't, what? Where did you see that? In an OK magazine? Or I think something? I was looking at OK, yeah. Oh, right. Well, I don't look at OK magazine, nor hello. Evidently, because your curtains are in chaos. Now, I was kind enough to buy your lad Dylan some West Ham memorabilia. Uh, my, son's co- my son's called Donovan. Sorry. So I don't know who this Dylan character is. He's, Sorry. He's the other singer-songwriter with a harmonica. I'll tell you what it was, the mistake I made... Dylan was a glorious original when it comes oh, to folk I, singers. Do you know what? And Sarah's Donovan gonna, was Sarah... a glorious parody. Now, what's happened all there the, is... All this will be edited out in a bit to make him sound like he said Donovan first time. I bought really, that lad really... a silver spoon. You did buy him a silver spoon. Yeah. 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 So, like, in a way, I'm quite kind. Yeah, and no, none of us got it. What do you mean? What, the, the reference? What does he mean? <laughs> what does he mean? I think it, was, it was nice. I got him a silver spoon saying, oh, you won't need this because you you've got all the talents the, of your the parents. The thing is, I think you were overthinking it a bit. Well, that's something that I could possibly be accused of. But the other thing I got him, more importantly, Donovan, correct name of your child, Donovan, was I got him a load of West Ham memorabilia, West Ham teddies, West Ham kits, West Ham stuff. You've still got that. You've, you've let him keep it. Well, we don't, I, actually, we don't, we don't, even the presents that we don't kind of like, we still keep them. <laughs> We've still got his little um, Hammer doll and all that and, so a, give and, him, and the baby uh, girl. That's Herbie the Hammer, I believe. Yeah. So you give him access to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Knowing that that could be on some level yeah, I, influencing I, I, him. I, I hold it up. He punches it in the mouth. <laughs> and he goes, again, 
He punches it in the mouth. So you're ingraining that hatred in him. Do you? Would it's you not mind? hatred. Stop using the word hatred. I don't know it's why I'm using that. Okay, like gleeful opposition. Yes. Well, it's a nice term. Will you mind if he grows up a West Ham fan? Or yes. Would you, oh, yes. You're yeah. going to nurture him in yeah. school yeah. in the yeah. city. If he's not, if he, I'd, well, I'd, I'd like him to support his local team. Yeah. Right, so he's got... He, Who's see, that going to be? Arsenal, I believe. Oh. Yeah, I like Arsenal. Well, fair enough. Yeah, they play a lovely game. They do play a lovely game. But, like, in a way, you're lad then. You're gonna, there's going to be rivalry. In, mind you, your family is going to be rivalry it. anyway. Uh, absolutely. It's going to be in keeping. Absolutely. As long as you don't grow up gobbing and smacking you in the mouth every half hour, it'll be the most successful relationship you've ever formed with someone <laughs> with the same surname as you. <laughs> <laughs> he's, well, I mean, you know, obviously his second team's going to be City, but I don't... You know, it's yeah. like... I've got mates down here who have got little Cockney kids and they're from <laughs> Manchester, you know, and they've got little Cockney babies and they make them support City. And it's horrible because they only get to go to Stamford Bridge and, and they've never seen City win. Yeah, you know what I mean? that's a shame, little Cockney City fans. Yeah, it's confusing. My little boy's going to be a little, you know, a little Cockney, isn't he? So he's support your local a team. Cockney kid. Cause yeah. we, all, we always have a point about, oh, you got to support your local team. It would be wrong then for me to, right. you know, force him to support West Ham, which is, is it even in south of England? Well, yes, I believe it is in the east of London. Is east, it? East, east London, yes. Yeah, the, the coast, geography it's is the coast, quite, it? it's quite specific. But anyway, I'd like him to support his local team. Just so happens that his local team would be one of the best teams in Europe. Convenient for the lad. Yes, I can sheen some of that glory off him as well. Yeah. It'll be nice that for him to have some to have some success. It'll be nice, I think, to have that proximity. There's only what there's only he's not he's not allowed to support Man United. He's absolutely. Not allowed to support Tottenham. It's a, an act of cl- great clemency to save the boy from a, a life of misery and broken dreams. Now, on this topic of Wayne... And being a square. <laughs> on the topic of Wayne Rooney's uh, decoration of his nursery, I believe you said that uh, his missus, Colleen, sent mm. you a peculiar item. This was about two years ago. Yeah, what happened? We are in our office and someone that... Someone had... Colleen Rooney, as she's yeah. known, had sent a guitar <laughs> to the office to sign... Right, and it's like a proper two grand Les Paul for Wayne's 21st, right? And you're just thinking, what a dope. Right. Right? You know, so we get this guitar, and it's obviously cost about two grand. So we send it, send it off to get resprayed blue, and then handwritten all the lyrics to Blue Moon over it in a white felt pen, and then sent it back to him with a, with a, um, with a, um, a note to Colleen saying, next time you want something signing, send his Bentley. Wow, what a uppity thing for you to have done. And do you know what he done? What did he do? He sold it on eBay and gave it to charity. In a way, a lot of good came from that. I don't know who's the uh, real uh, winner of that. I Who am. won? You I won. Am. I won. How did you win? Because in a way, Wayne because Rooney... Because I trashed his guitar and he was one present shy of his 21st birthday, <laughs> that's why. <laughs> why? Why are you engaging in one-upmanship trying to ruin a young man's birthday? And do you know what he done? With antics. Right, and, you know, and I put on it, um, Dear Spongebob, I can't remember <laughs> what I wrote, it was something derogatory anyway. And the very next derby, mm. United won 1-0 and he scored the goal, didn't he, right? And he sent me one of the press shots of him scoring the goal, right? And I sent it back to him with a sticker of Spongebob on his face. You had this intense rivalry winding up Wayne Rooney, ruining his birthday present, sticking SpongeBob stickers be like over his face. The outrageousness mm. of sending me a guitar a for a Man United player to sign right. for Gary Neville sent a guitar once. Why do these people keep sending you guitars? When are they ba- going to learn? I sent it back to him going, How uh, uh, you've managed to get 50 caps for England is beyond me. Bloody hell! 
So, if you are a United player or fan, please send your expensive guitars to Noel Gallagher. He will graffiti them and hurt mm. your feelings and ruin your birthday. Yeah. Ferdinand, drop Ferd- of a hat. Ferdinand, if you're listening, any of your cars will do. Just send them along. Send them along. He'll ruin them. I'll ruin them. Well, well they won't ruin it. It's pop art, isn't it? It is pop art, actually. Yeah, I'd sort of be tempted to keep hold of it. Nice. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there was an element of pettiness to it, Noel, but I think it's very, of very spirited. It's Fo- well, football supporters are petty. I'm right. petty. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a you know it's a petty thing, isn't it? In a way, it's a petty indulgence. Later on on the show, we'll be talking to Barack Obama, West Ham's most famous fan. Will be on the show. That's all coming up later here on Talk Sport. Got some emails here, Noel, that perhaps you might enjoy listening to. Oh, it's one of them from. On. Wait, it's one of them from Henry Kissinger. <laughs> Quite possibly, a lot mm. of American diplomats are very interested in what's going on here today. I think not. Email here from Steve. (laughs) Hello, Russell, it says, and no. I was at your show at Cardiff Arena on Tuesday night. As a Liverpool fan, I was gutted that I booked tickets on such an important night. I still went. I don't think I would have gone through all those emotions on one night if I'd watched the game. He's suggesting, in fact, that my gig lacks emotional texture because I I seem to remember Cardiff was a very good performance and a lot lot of people wept. That's what my wife has told me anyway. Cheers, Russ. Good to have you back on the wireless. That's very... Uh, Yeah, but he, he, he... Has bought that. Good to have you back on the wireless. He's not heard this yet. That's true. That's preemptive. Yeah. So that's come from one of your clowns you in there, hasn't it? They've, he's written that. People yeah, look, he's leaving. He's leaving the room. Hold on. He's, that, he's written it, hasn't he? <clears throat> Shifty. He's written it. Right. Okay. Ba- baby this... daddy there from the Scissor Sisters on the way out. He's, that... he's written it. Baby daddy from the Scissor Sisters. Phil is his actual name, but there, <laughs> there is a certain resemblance, and Phil I'm glad the... you have that. I'm glad you have that reference, Noel. That's it's interesting. You've got that kind of breadth of knowledge. Yeah, he did. He did slip off a bit lively. So perhaps it was a, a manufactured email, but nonetheless, let's indulge the idea. Have you ever? Uh, have you ever missed a gig because of a city game? Have you ever incorporated city game into one of your gigs? We've gone on stage late because as on a result, yeah, because City have been play- actually playing West Ham. Oh yeah. In the cup a couple of scenes ago, we were due on stage in Canada, and uh, we had going late. You won in the end, obviously. Oh but, yeah. Um, when we got to the final. Yeah, we've um, yeah we've put gigs back. We've never kind of blown a. We were kind of we were open. We we were open. We were going to get to the UEFA Cup final this season because we'd kind of it was working out. We were going to have like a couple of days off, but obviously it's not going to happen now. But no, that's no. We've never. I wouldn't wouldn't ever blow out the chance of earning <laughs> scandalous amount of money <laughs> to go and see something as idiotic as a football match. Seems that so. you've got the right priorities. I did once miss a gig in Cardiff because I was watching West Ham v Spurs. It was when Tevez was playing, and it was breathtaking and one of the most emotional games I've ever witnessed. When we went on an incredible run of ten games, narrowly avoided relegation was it, was it against, season before last the, against Spurs. We did lose. I the watched that game. Free. I watched that game. Berbatov yeah. scored the It's a great game. Yeah, it was, it was an, an amazing game of football. Missed the gig in Cardiff and did lie about it and said that I was unwell. And I'd like to apologise to the people of Cardiff. who I don't think ever actually believed the lie. A lot of times when you tell a lie, you don't have enough did you, behind did you, it. Did you give? Um, did you did you did you reschedule the gig? Uh, no, I think that gig was never done, and we refused to refund their money. No, come on. So said, we're keeping hold of that. Come on. This is a penalty that you people deserve. Just take your Hang chances. On a minute. Roll Hang with on a minute. It. That's that... life. That's the kind of trumped-up scandal we've always enjoyed. 
Yeah, so I'd like to take this opportunity to apologise. Now, surely I must have gone back. Yeah, I do. I seem to be remembered being harangued by outraged and justifiably so Welsh people. And uh, yeah, let me take this opportunity to further apologise to them. And perhaps in future I will uh, adopt your mentality yeah, well. of taking my career a little bit more yeah, well, as, well, seriously. You know, you've got to pop the graft in or you don't become successful. Before. No, you're nonchalantly eating bananas throughout all of this as mm. if you've got something in store. In an arch and villainous way. Let's find out what's on Noel Gallagher's mind a little later on Talk Sport. Talk Sport. 1089 and 1053 AM. Great life. Not just a clever name. Talk Sport. Talk Sport. 1089 and 1053 AM. Two in two minutes. Life's a pitch on Talk Sport. You're listening to Russell Brand and Noel Gallagher here on Talk Sport. What a show it's been. Are you enjoying being on the radio? No. Brilliant. Loving it. What I like is your relaxed, nonchalant attitude, sat there stuffing bananas, occasionally announcing that you've uh, desecrated the gifts of famous United players. The real talent doesn't really have to try so hard. Not like you running up and down like a cat on a. Uh, I've been know. stationary throughout this show. You've been quite. Actually, you've been, work, you've been working out. Do you think I look actually quite striking? You know, your chest doesn't look as girly as it usually looks. <laughs> well, thank you very much. It's usually quite pathetic looking. Hey, I've got feelings too, you know. Someone else I may have to apologise to is Phil Brown, not on the line. And a very <clears throat> subtle head shake <laughs> from the gallery there. No, he's not no. there. Am I going to have to call Jonathan Ross? Because I'll do it. I'll ring Jonathan <laughs> Ross. Right, that's it. You've driven me to this. Because, like, really, you know, there's for God's sake. I mean, what? He's a very experienced broadcaster, Jonathan, with no interest in any sport. No, I know. Well, you can tell that by the way he dresses, or can't you? Right, can you? Are you actually going to call him? I'm calling him now. Brilliant. <laughs> right, there we go. He said call him. Just ring up Jonathan Ross. This is his phone. Jonathan, it's Russell Brand. I'm quite well. I'm doing this talk sport thing with Noel Gallagher. Do you want to be in it? You're not back on the radio, are you? I'm on the radio, Jonathan. And I tell you what, it's it's easy <laughs> being on radio. As long as you don't take any needless risks, it's good, clean fun. OK, bung me on. What do you want to do? It? you want to do it now? Yeah. How about, how about, how about right this, this second? I'll call you back on a proper, I'll call you back on a proper phone. Nice one, Jonathan. Cheers, mate. Later on in the show, we will be well, talking this, to this, this Jonathan Ross. Two people who obviously have not learnt their lesson. <laughs> <laughs> two people who have not. Listen, if we can't get through to Phil Brown, we Dude. will talk to Jonathan Ross. Come of the hour, come of the man. You are listening to Russell Brand and Noel Gallagher on Talk Sport. We've got a very special guest, my old radio colleague, Mr. Jonathan Ross. Hello, Jonathan. Hello, I can't help but think this probably isn't wise. Well, let's see. Let's have a listen to it afterwards, Jonathan. And if it, like, it's not live, you know, and like, you know, and as you know, we've got very good previous when it comes to pre-recorded radio shows. We'll keep making sure of this one. We'll, we'll listen to it very carefully before it goes out. Yeah, very, very carefully. Can, I, ju- can, I, can I just point out to people listening to this? This is the sound of two men digging an extremely big <laughs> hole. This is how it starts, where it finishes. God only yeah. knows. Fire and away. You know Fire away. I'm gonna non- we're I'm gonna... relying on you to be the grown-up one. I'm going to nonchalantly eat this banana <laughs> sit back and watch the mess. Jonathan, Noel Gallagher is just reclining in a chair, casually eating a banana, knowing that for once he ain't the loose cannon blabbermouthed lunatic in the situation. Could have put multi- you know what? Whatever, you know what? Multi- Russell, here's the thing. We've both learned our lesson. We've learned our... Obviously yeah, we've not. Both... I we're feel... now, no, no, but we are, you know, well, look, 
here's the thing. First of all, the idea of no, I'll eat the banana in the background there has made me think that would make a very good poster. So I'd like to put a bid in for that for Athena because I think that would be a lovely image. Noel lining back, looking oh, oh, all the world yeah. like a slightly less civilised person than the rest of us eating a banana. That's a nice thought. Brilliant. That's lovely, Actually, isn't it? I'm going to write that, write, that, that, write that down. Like that fella with that baby. Soon to be seen yeah, be in an Oasis tour programme near you. We are on talk sport. Now, part of our remit is to talk about football, so but you're not bothered about any sport at all, are you, Jonathan? I know, I do quite. I used to quite like boxing, but then I saw a couple of boxing matches in real life up close, and they were a little too violent for me. <laughs> I don't know what I was expecting. I'd seen it on the TV. I knew people hit each other, but being about six feet away from it was a little bit more disconcerting than I'd reckoned with. Brilliant. So I kind of stopped going to see that, but I saw some good fights. You know, back in the day. Do you know why uh, that? Do you know why? Do you know why that is, Jonathan? Because when I first went to my first uh, boxing match, it's because you you see it without the commentary and you see it for what it is, which is a, yeah. which is like a you know like a brutal duel between two fellas. Because when you're watching it at home, you get the commentary yeah. and it's kind of well that softens it and makes it like well oh, it this makes is it a like narrative. a sport and it's on TV. But when you actually uh, yeah. see it in the flesh, it's like. It's too horrible. And the other thing was, we were sitting, I was there with friends, and behind us, in the way behind us, was the mum of one of the boxers. Oh, no. Yeah, and every time her son got hit, understandably, she went, oh. And it was really quite horrible (laughs) seeing it humanised. Wasn't that interested then? Oh, 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 my poor. Oh, yeah, I know, I can see right all the brutality. You didn't get sort of a little bit like, because there seems to be, it kicks off bloodlust in people, doesn't it? Like some people watch it, and you can see sort of people like snarling and getting a little bit turned on by it. Whoa, go on, hit him, boy. No, I never enjoyed that side of it, but I, I could have been a professional boxer myself, you see. And so having that experience, mm. having that ability... You're I slightly very it. butch. Yeah, I'm very, very, you know that, very fast, very fit. And having that ability <laughs> deep down, I know looking at it, I was looking at it more as a kind of fellow traveller. I was looking at it as a professional. <laughs> Jonathan, later in life, which is where you find yourself, you have become much more interested <laughs> in the sport inside of things, aren't you? You're quite a physical, burly bloke these days. Uh, I don't know when I'm burly through choice. Mm. I think it just happens as you go. Your metabolism slows down. Um, but, I, you know, I do play tennis a lot. I like playing tennis. So I keep fairly fit, but I'm not, you know, I'm not someone who's uh, sport-obsessed. I mean I, don't, I mean, I watch tennis if it's on and I remember, but I don't sort of set a date for it particularly. Yeah. But you love, you love football. I do. I do like it. It is a peculiar anomaly in my character. Well, that's what I said well, at the beginning. It, people, don't re- people, people say, oh, no, I can't be true that he, he sports West Ham. They think it's a, it's a, it's a bag because of the... The way, you know, the way I dress and the way I appear, the peculiar way I talk. But in yes. a way, I am just a bloke from Essex, likes women, go up Upton Park, watch the Amers, come on. There's only, it's only a few quirky, superficial things, daft haircut, bit of eyeliner. That don't really change who you are, not in your soul. But, mm. you're, but well, your use of language is different to your average football fan, and you don't hear many football fans using words like mellifluous on a regular basis, whereas you, that's like every third sentence. I know, that's why a lot of my <clears throat> football chants have never got off the ground. <laughs> OK, guys, I've got a crazy suggestion, we can try this. We're a mellifluous bunch of chums here at Upton. <laughs> you take your hands off me! How dare you! I'll kill you! <laughs> I'm tougher than a lot of you! Queensbury rules! Queensbury rules! Oh my god, you're right, this is brutal! My eyes! My beautiful eyes! Yeah, no, you're okay. right, Jonathan. But there's uh, you, is, from the this... heart of Leighton Stone, a great big burly fella, and right, yet but, you won't okay, turn I've up. Just, I've just formed a theory, Russell. Yeah. In a way, people would not expect you to be a football fan. So loving to defy convention as you do, you have made it clear to them you are indeed a football fan. People looking at me, especially when I was growing up, would immediately assume I was a football fan. So therefore, similarly to try and defy convention and bamboozle them, I used to go out my way to let them know that, no, I didn't really care for what some people call the beautiful game. We live in mm. defiance. So, so hang on a minute. So that makes, actually makes you a Man United supporter? 
But you you love Manchester United, don't you, Know You're one of the most famous fans. Yeah, yeah like, oh, hello. Like, like, he can do like it, he's I, an agitator. Like I'd love to gouge my eyes out with a grapefruit spoon. But, <laughs> OK, so who's the best team at the moment? Is it Man United or is it Man City? Oh, well, it's Man United, obviously. So they're because they've got more money, is that right? No, we've got we've got endless money, but we haven't got any talent. Yeah, but, yeah but you like going to see them even though they're the underdog. Is it because of the underdog, or is no, it because it, no, like it's, the no, it's no, it's, it's a little thing called supporting your local team, Jonathan. Yeah. I've supported okay. them since I was four. It's, it's a thing Northerners do. I don't think you Southern Shandy boys would understand this, but we don't have a lot to do up north um, apart actually, from watch I, football. I can't drink, drink Shandy. I'm a recovering alcoholic. So uh, that's actually I went, to see, I went to see Leighton Orient play once. That was supporting my local team, I suppose. Yeah, see, you've contributed. No, you did grow up... When uh, are you actually going to recover from being an alcoholic? And I, stop I think when I finally it? get drunk and have a bally well, good time. That's what I keep saying. Just have a beer. One oh, no. beer. You see, he doesn't understand. <laughs> see, one thing leads to another, dear. Oh, if, be if, a beer, if, if, if I had one beer, within 40 minutes I'd be in a crack house in King's Cross. Ridiculous I love the fact business. that when you talk about it, there's not one little hint of nostalgia there. You really have You really have moved on from that, haven't you, Russell? I've moved on. That's, that's a good it. thing. And I think that's good for us. It's good for broadcasting in general. And I think, in a way, Jonathan, you and I, being on the radio together, here stewarded by Noel Gallagher, has been a wonderful <laughs> thing for radio, and I'd like to thank you for your braveness in joining us, and we will send you a copy of this interview to uh, make any decisions you want to and to give you absolute authority <laughs> yeah. over this. I think you've behaved marvellously and wonderfully well. Let, thank you for doing it. it. Was, let's hope it was a healing process for everyone hearing us together. I was so tempted when you phoned up just to put you straight into the answer machine. Oh, so that would have been brilliant. Oh, it wouldn't have been a lovely opportunity. Oh, maybe next time. Maybe next time, Jonathan, for surely there will be one. Jonathan Ross, everyone, thanks, Jonathan, for doing that, Love to you both. Cheers. You're a lovely man. There he goes, bless him. Jonathan Ross, see, see, we can do it. There he was, that's Jonathan Ross. What yeah, are you saying, well, it's all right, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, but the way Gogs is going to write up is going to be, and Jonathan Ross joined Russell. What was it like? It was all right. <laughs> it was nice. It there was, was some lovely right. bits. The boxing bit was good, I thought. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know what I mean? I we kind of carried that bit, though, didn't I? You did very well. You're great. This is a vehicle for you.
on the edge, it's it forward. In your ear, 1089 and 1053 AM on DAB Digital Radio, Talk Sport. You're listening to Russell Brand, I'm here with Noel Gallagher on Talk Sport. We've already had Jonathan Ross on the show. There are more surprises coming up because Barack Obama will be here. Noel Gallagher's doodling, or is he writing an album? What are you doing, Noel? Um, Mount's the same thing. Oh, well, jeez, gee, give me a pen. Before we came, he said, do you want a pen and paper? What would I want a pen and paper? He went, right. you never know. You never know when you, you might need know. a pen and paper. I mean, he's a poet, right? So he he never knows. Yeah. I know I'm not going to need it. I'm just going to write swear words on this now. Right. Inspiration can strike a true artist at any time. You know, perhaps one of the great lyricists. I've mentioned this before, and you said I was being sarcastic. I weren't being of all time in England, at least. See, now, see, now I know you're being sarcastic. <laughs> because of all if, time. If you'd have said our time. All right, our time. Then right. just through, like, I didn't mean it to come across sarcastic. Because actually what I'm trying to do is queue up an item, Amphimology, where you use your skill as a lyricist to analyse football-related songs this week. And in fact, who knows, this may be the only time we ever do this, you know, as an item, or perhaps we won't ever come on TalkSport again. We don't know. Who's we don't to know say it'll ever get, Who's to say it'll ever get broadcast? Who's to say? Who knows? But this week it is Gaza and Lindisfarne, Fog on the Tyne. Let's have a listen to some of that now. So this bit initially is... Who do you reckon is doing the scratching in the background? I think Jimmy Five Bellies will be involved because Gaza likes to... Oh, this bit I like. Right, let's stop it there and now analyse it. Right, <laughs> no, so you must have heard that the first bit was all about there being some fog on the tine. Yeah. That's nice. And then, like, th- then we moved into the verse, and I'll just run these words by you okay. to see what we think. Sitting in a sleazy snack bar, sucking sickly sausage rolls. Quite nice. Is that the... This is part of it. These are the actual words, mate. Sitting in a sleazy snack bar, sucking sickly sausage rolls. It's like a tongue twister. That's too many S's in that, for starters. Overly alliterative. Yeah, yeah. Why, mate? Too many many S's. Why can't you have only so many S's? I mean, what's the the rule Although the Bee Gees, right, when they wrote that song, Massachusetts, said that... Some uh, to make it stand out on the radio, they wanted to write a song with as many S's in the chorus as possible. So you, the BG say more S's, you say less S's. In the yeah, in in this particular instance, you think too many because it's ridiculous. Is what he's in a sleazy snack bar. Is the snack bar is sleazy? Is that, is he, he's is, sat in there. Is this Do my 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 immediate question is? Yeah. Do they have an email address? These who this who, sleazy snack bar. This sleazy snack bar is I wouldn't imagine available online. Oh, no, no, I wouldn't have thought so. Not Close. where you're going to suck on a sickly sausage roll. No, <laughs> they don't exist in that sort of world. They're very much passerby. Who sucks a, passing who trade. Suck a sausage roll anyway? I mean, that <laughs> kind of you know you just bite yeah. into it, didn't you? Bite into it. Get on with it. Yeah. Don't suck on a sickly sausage, sausage roll. roll. And if it's advertised as sickly sausage rolls sold here. Gaza, you know, like don't think like <laughs> the minute you've put sickly in as an adjective, I don't want it no, no. more. No, but, but to suck on one anyway, it's mental. That's the worst way to eat a sausage. It's yeah. already a homoerotic piece of food anyway. To sit sucking a sickly sausage roll in a sleazy snack bar. What are you doing? There's so many s's in I'll tell that. you what you're doing. What heroin? You're the, all crack. The only, all which, crack. Which are bad? No, no, they are bad. They're really bad. Then he continues. In a dirty old town on the banks of the Tyne. Does he mean Newcastle? I think that's what he's referring to. See if, which... I, see if I'd... <laughs> this 
just, I'll stop it for a moment. It seems that all of this is pre-match preparation. Because he's just to set his sights on goal. See, if I'd have said Newcastle, that's a dirty old town, isn't it? People would be annoyed you, you, with you. You'd say I'd, I'd say, hey, leave the Geordie Nation alone. But Gaza, as part of his anthem to get the people of Newcastle going, says, I'm in a dirty old town setting my sights on goal. Now, no wonder his career hit the skids if part of his pre-match preparation was sat about sucking sickly sausage rolls in, in sleazy, a dirty calf. In a sleazy snack bar by a dirty old town by the time. When looking for a snack bar, why look for one that's sleazy? Go for the classiest one. Uh, well... You're going to have a snack anyway. Don't think, well, I want their sleaze in this place, for God's sake. Sucking on a sausage roll is disgusting. What a way to live. So, okay, well, later on in the song... It's offensive is what it is. It it really is. It really is offensive. What what are you doing, Gaza? I mean, in a way, a lot of the subsequent problems are evidenced right here. This could be a manifesto for... If we'd have known then Mm. what we know now. Right. Or know now what we knew then. We I don't know, whichever way you want to put we it. We could have helped him. We could have helped him. We could have helped poor Gascoigne, a yeah. beloved man who squandered his beautiful gift sucking on sickly sausage rolls. Oh. Although he did give the game a great many joys. before, Even after we thought, oh, well, that's the end of Gaza, he still had that glorious moment, that yeah. goal against Scotland. Come on, Noel. Yeah. I take play for Tottenham. Out you think order. that was the end of it? Yeah, The Gary Charles moment. Oh, play for Tottenham Rangers. Doesn't get any worse for me. No, it was a, a strange, strange era. But who knew that sickly sausage rolls and sleazy cafes played such an integral role in that tragic downfall? To understand the mind of Paul Gascoigne, we need someone with expertise in psychology. We now have that person. And to understand the psychological aspects of the great game, we have got now someone Is this Barack Obama? Is this Barack Obama? Barack Obama will be on the phone, though. When, people, when initially I suggested, here, let's get Jonathan Ross on, people said, you're mad, let's not do it. I said, do it. it uh, no, they didn't say you're mad. They said, you're desperate. <laughs> you're desperate and scraping the bottom of the barrel. I oh, what... don't refer to him. He's at the top of the barrel. He's the cream of the crop. He rises to the top. Oh, Jonathan. Brilliant. Write that down, Jim. I, I think Cypress Hill already he rhymed, owned that. He rhymed crop with crop. <laughs> Cypress Hill. I apologise to those. So, look, we've got now, we were talking about mind games earlier. The mind games of Premier League or top flight football in general. Mind games has become an integral part of our game. Noel, you've played mind games with me throughout this radio show. Finally now, we've got Martin Perry on the phone, a mind game expert. Martin, are you there? Yeah, how you doing, Russell? Yeah, I'm quite good. Thank you very much. I'm enjoying myself. I'm here with Noel Gallagher. It's a wonderful way to spend some time. Well, yeah, hi, Noel. Hello there. Now, hey, Noel's immediately trying to protect his personality. And Noel is suspicious of anyone in the fields of psychoanalysis because he knows he's sitting on a hive of mental illness. So I've, it will... I've got... Absolutely nothing to hide. You haven't got anything to hide. I've looked at your work. There's nothing to hide. There's nothing to show. There's a bloody great big abyss. There's nothing of any interest in there to anybody. Nothing. It's just a dirty great void. It's like the sort of place Paul Gaston would buy (laughs) sausage on a Saturday (laughs) afternoon when he should be doing sit-ups. Now, Martin Perry, these mind games between currently, I think, epitomised by the war of words, let's call it a war of words, between Radford Benitez and Alex and Ferguson. Taggart. <laughs> Noel's going to call him Taggart. What? Is it, do they work, mind games? I mean, what's going on with a mind game? Is it a successful thing? Can you explain it to us? You're the expert. Yeah, thank you. Well, you have to, uh, you have to look at the bigger picture. All right. And see, and see that uh, Sir Alex has been employing um, as part of an overall strategy for around about 20 years. Um, and you can't just look at the mind game singularly. I mean, they're, they're part of... Uh, 
they're part of him wanting to get one up over rival managers. But uh, Fergie has created um, a kind of us v them strategy, and I'll, I'll explain that to you for me. So how us v them works is the us is Man United, the group, the family. Um, the them is the enemy or those who Fergie perceives threaten the enemy, uh, threaten the, the us. So, for example, uh, the BBC. Right. The FA would be another. Oh, like this. Referees would be another. Oh, um, Arsene Wenger was one for a period of time. Um, Liverpool and Rafael Benitez. Real Madrid also fall into this category. Now, the whole purpose about having a them is yes. that them is perceived to be the enemy. And uh, to make a strong us... You need uh, a them to focus on. Are you playing mind games now, Son? That's a mind game. Mine Perry's doing a mind game on us now. Is he playing mind games? That could have been a mind game. That could have been a bloody mind game. Okay, so to unite United, he creates a them and us dynamic. Very clever. And Adam Curtis, the documentary maker, would say it's the very tactic employed by Western governments, creating first communism as an enemy, then various non-specific terror groups, so that there's always a them and us dynamic politically. It can work in football. It can work in global. Global political situations, Noel. Hear me out, hear me out. So these mind games of Ferguson, they do work. Now, Rafa Benitez has been drawn into these mind games. We've got a little bit of one of his rants here. Martin, would you listen to it for us and see if this is a successful mind game or a mind game that browns you off? I feel they are, they are nervous because we are at the top of the table. So I want to be clear that they, I don't want to play mind games too early. I think that they want to start, so... We know what happened every time when we go to Old Trafford and Mr. Uh, Escolari, he needs to know maybe to use the sonal marking against uh, the staff of United because they are always doing man-to-man with the referees when they go to the bench and especially in halftime when they were walking close to the referees and talking and talking and talking. So for all the managers, they need to know only Mr. Ferguson can talk about the features, can talk about the referees, can talk about all these things nothing happened. So he? I think that uh, we need to know that I am talking about facts. I am not talking about my impression. Things that everybody can see every single... It person. sounds... Who's, who's rat face? Who's, what did he say? Someone he's was saying he's always, they're always going on the rat face. Who's rat face? I think what he's <clears throat> trying to say in his beautiful Andalusian accent is reference. Reference. Ah, referees. That will be... Well, that's where he's going. That. Now, yeah. one of my points of reference will be what was all that shuffling... At the beginning, that was his. That was his. That's um, his notes. That was his production meeting. That is for bozos. <laughs> hey, don't call before, those beautiful before, boys before, bozos. Before he went out onto the, onto his trestle table, it wasn't really a rant, though, was it? No, it wasn't. It's quite considered. It was a definite. I think it's a mind game, but I'm not an expert, Noel. And with all respect, you are not a mind game expert. Mind Perry is. What the? Heck? What was that? A mind game? Well, I'm. Yeah, Rafa's Rafa's got involved, and for me, that was a mistake, particularly at that time. And um, if you look at the attempts that Rafa's made to try and undermine um, the opposition, he's done it a couple of times with, uh, before Champions League games, before the semi-final against Chelsea last year when he tried to undermine Didier Drogba. And, of course, uh, it um, proceeded to make Drogba uh, very focused and he put, uh, put Liverpool out of the Champions League last year. Um, and I don't think that was a very well-conceived... Uh, mind game because right Martin I'm going to do a mind game on you now because okay. I think I've learned some techniques from this interview alright well can, can I just explain about Rafa no <laughs> your uh, qualifications as a psychologist what? What? you got them on the internet you're not properly qualified to make these judgments I'd reckon 
You got these off the internet of a school for nurses. <laughs> that is my mind game. I'd like to know how you respond to that mind game. I just let it wash over me because... It's just going to be washed over by a mind game? That is... I'm winning this mind game. Maybe he's, maybe no, no, he's no, double, no. He's double, double see, bluffing, you know. If I, if I don't get involved... Yeah. And this is what Rafa's strategy should have been, to not get involved and focus actually on the strengths of his team... Because Rafa was responding to a quote by from Sir Alex who said... You are a coward. Little. You won't get involved in this mind game out of... Cow- You've something to hide. Was it, no, no, that, this, was is, this, this was another way of playing the mind games, you see. I will mind game you. I see. Rafa gets involved and in my opinion it's a mistake because he doesn't have the expertise of Sir Alex. I think you criticise Rafa Benitez, Martin, because you are sexually attracted to him. <laughs> Sex-wise. <laughs> That's an incorrect observation, Russell. It is correct! They are mind mind games. You see, because Liverpool are are trying to win the first title since 89, you know, the pressure's on Rafa, and he needs to be seen by his public to be going, you know, man-to-man with Sir Alex. Mm. He gets drawn into it. In my opinion, it's a mistake. He should focus on the strengths of his team. Um, And just going back to that so-called rant, Ferguson said to him, Liverpool are going to get nervous now at the top of the league. And he should should have said, listen, why should we get nervous? I've got players in my team who have won Champions League medals, who have won Euro 2008. Why would these boys get nervous? Why are they getting nervous? Martin, it seems the best way to do a mind game is not to get involved in mind games. But even that is a mind game. We're all trapped in a mind game vortex, whether we're agreeing to or not. Martin, thank you for that. I don't know if it was a mind game. Me and Noel don't even know if you've done a mind game on us. I actually mind gamed. The two of you. All I know is, is at the beginning of that interview, I was fully clothed. Now I'm naked, <laughs> blind drunk. Here's the thing, right? Has anybody, <laughs> has anybody noticed that Liverpool haven't won the league since the back pass law was outlawed? <gasps> Hold on a minute. Let me look at my fact file. That's not like a mind game. That's a that's fact. That's just a fact. Remember when they used There's to just go one nil up and just pass the ball back to the keeper yes. for 89 minutes? Right, OK. It's going on the list. Seriously. It's the back pass you check law. check it out, the back pass law. OK, so we don't know what is a mind game and what is a back pass law. One thing's for certain. This is Russell Brand and Noel Gallagher on Talk Sport. Later on, we're talking to Barack Obama. And thank you, Martin, for that wonderful interview. Was it a mind game? We'll never know. Talk Sport. 10.89 and 10.53 a.m. Life's a pitch on Talk Sport. 10.89 and 10.53 a.m. Life's a pitch on Talk Sport. Oh, you're listening to Russell Brand and Noel Gallagher <laughs> on Talk Sport. What a show we're having here. Noel, I've yes, got this interesting Russell. thing. I want to tell you about it here on Talk Sport. You may be intrigued to learn. Now, if you you know uh, Pavlichenko of Spurs? Yes. He got a, a tr- he don't speak a word of English, not right. one. Right. Listen to this from Ari Ari Redknapp. He says this: uh, the Roma, blah blah blah. Roman Pavlichenko, 65th minute winner, saw off West Ham. Very unfortunate business, all of that. Redknapp reckons Pav will have an awful lot more to be given first dibs on the shirt. He could start by ditching his interpreter. This is Ari Ari Redknapp talking now about Pavlichenko. You've always got this interpreter running around the training ground said the Tottenham Chief. Sometimes you pass the ball through the middle in training and Pava chases it. The interpreter's running alongside him, gets in there and heads it into the net. I keep saying, what's he doing on the pitch? And the interpreter's running over to tell him what I'm saying. He don't move too well, though. 
What is Pavlichenko doing with an interpreter interpreting is, even his physical movements? What is Ali Redknapp doing even saying stuff like that? If that, that can't be right. That's like some <laughs> ealing comedy, isn't it? That's bonkers. Yeah, that's that's like a, that is I like hate, an I hate that word. What, bonkers? It's horrible. You don't like it's, to hear that? Okay, well, let's not get bogged down in it. I'll never say it again. We've moved on. It's nuts. It's crackers. It's, it's like an ealing comedy, though, isn't it? It is like an ealing comedy. In think... fact, you'll probably start on the remake of it very soon, I would have thought. We can remake this. I'm Pavlichenko. And uh, would you be prepared to turn up as a singing Harry Redknapp character? And why is Harry Redknapp touch playing in another, trading? Another thing. This is another thing with you. Only, only I was. You remember when you phoned? Listen, anybody who's listening to this, if there are people still listening to this, I don't know. <laughs> only, 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 only Russell would use this sentence in in all seriousness. Yeah. He, he called me at once and said, "No, would you consider being in a film with me?" What's that bloke from uh, the other... Uh, the Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill and Puff Daddy, right? <laughs> Knowing full well that a normal person, right, that any of those <laughs> words person. should never make up a sentence, right? Gallagher, Puff Daddy, <laughs> Russell Brand. And, he, and I said to him for a joke, send us the script. And he went, all right, what's your address? Where do I send it to? <laughs> like, get out of it. You'll be in that film and you will triumph. It's going to be a smash hit. Me... Puff Daddy, Jonah Hill. That's all you need in a film, but stick Noel Gallagher in it as well. Spice things right up. Puff Daddy will be playing Harry Redknapp, whereas I (laughs) am Pavlichenko's interpreter in a Crackers new film we're calling Tottenham Tottenham Bonkers, starring Noel Gallagher. I won't be there. No, come on, mate. You might turn up in that. I think, well, look, I think the whole thing is right for ridicule. I don't think Harry Redknapp should be passing through the middle in training sessions. Mind you, hold on, interpreter, did not Jose Mourinho begin his life as Bobby Robson's interpreter at Barcelona before becoming the swarthiest, handsomest, most skillful manager in the world? Perhaps Pavlachenko's interpreter, give him a chance. Give him a crack at a whip. Perhaps you're missing an opportunity there, Harry, Me? Harry Redknapp. Oh, not you. Oh, right. You're I mean, not missing an opportunity. Right, That's against your nature. You're one of the most successful capitalists in entertainment. Oppos- if there's an opportunity, you're all over it. Well, That's part of your nature. Well, this is an adored quality. What can I say? Nothing unless there's some money in it, is what I've learned. <laughs> hey, come <laughs> now, on. No, you're a lovely fella. Hey, Look at us yeah. here now, having the time of our lives. Oh, here's what I want to talk to you about, mate. Right now, like on account of your nonchalance, your uh, ability to remain calm and cool... You probably ain't ever been humiliated as I have in a football situation. Listen to this. I don't think I've ever told you. When Rod, when Ron Greenwood sadly passed away, right, they'd done a minute silence mm. at Upton Park. It was very, very beautifully observed. This was just at the dawn of my fame, right? Because an embarrassing thing that happens when you get famous as well. So is that two months ago? About a couple of months. Like, like when you first get famous, right? People go, "Oh, oh, I didn't see you here before. I didn't see you here before you were famous." When I was there, right? I thought, well, of course you didn't recognise me before I was famous, and like, I didn't dress in such an outlandish way. Of course, before you know, I didn't turn up at Upton Park in ladies' tights. In, in this, in this. No, I still this. don't. I still right. won't do that. But there was a brief period when I just got famous, where I did go there in very, very, very tight trousers. I was there for the game where Ron Greenwood, like the minute of silence for Ron Greenwood, was immaculately observed throughout. So Trevor Brook out on the pitch I was with a couple of my mates that was in wheelchairs so I was in the disabled section and during in the midst of the silence is this a true story? yeah this is dreadfully true my mobile phone went off it was a new mobile phone so it had the most I think oh that orange ring what is that that's a 
like that sort of horrible, mad, crazy Nokia ring went out, and I was wearing very tight trousers, for it, so it was very difficult for me to access my phone. I could hear people behind me. I was in the north bank. I could hear people going, "Oh God, oh no, it's that geezer." Oh, it's that idiot. <laughs> and I had to try and get my hand down my trousers, which was and it was too tight, and in the back pocket the phone was. Eventually got it out, turned it to silence. Then the game commenced, right? And there's a lot of the. There was an. A disproportionately high amount of that uh, stand up if you love West Ham chant that day, right? And I was sat in the disabled section, right? Stand up if you love West Ham. Stand up if you love West Ham. And I thought, oh no, if I stand up to indicate my love of West Ham, how are my mates who are in wheelchairs gonna feel that, well, you guys don't seem to have much affection for the old West Ham. Where's your commitment? Right? And I thought, no, hold on a minute, isn't it patronising for me to stay in my seat? So eventually, I thought, the next time it came around, I thought, I will stand up. I do love West Ham. They won't mind them, mates. I stood up to show my love for West Ham, right? And then, like, sort of panicked a little bit. I thought, no, no, this is definitely wrong. I shouldn't have done this because no one else in that section was standing up because, you know, they were in wheelchairs. So, like, I promptly sat down again, but meanwhile, the chair had flipped Flipped back up into like being all folded in again, and I sat down, plummeted onto the floor. Really hurt myself quite badly. Land on your coccyx. Right on the coccyx. It was an unfortunate incident, and I'd like to take this opportunity to apologise to everyone present that day and the families of Ron Greenwood. Also, Noel, later on the show, we'll be talking to Steve Lomas, who's especially well positioned to judge which is the better team, Manchester City or West Ham United. I'd say his word would be final. I'd say any, whatever Stevie Lomas says, I will go with. We're going to be asking him, which team had the best canteen? Which team had the best coach driver? Finally, once and for all, then, we can come to some sort of conclusion with the verdict of Stevie Lomas. You've got no previous with him, I hope, because this has to be I've, absolutely judicious and fair. I've, 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 I've seen him in a brawl in our dressing room. I personally have had no contact with Stevie Lomas, although I've admired him from afar, and I'd say he seems like a fair and honourable man. Brilliant character. Brilliant character, Steve Lomas. We'll be talking to him a little bit later, and possibly the President of the United States. I don't mind which one. I'll be honest with you, I have one of them will do me. Equally, equally worthy of a phone call from us, I would have thought. Equally powerful men. Loose cannons, a pair of them. Join me, Alan Brazil, on the Alan Brazil Sports Breakfast, looking back at the semi-finals at Wembley. Unbelievable at the bottom of the Premiership and the push for promotion to the Premier League in the Championship. That's Monday from six on the Alan Brazil Sports Breakfast. The Alan Brazil Sports Breakfast. Modern radio for real men on Talk Sport. 10.89 and 10.53 a.m. Life's a pitch on Talk Sport. You're listening to Russell Brand, Noel Gallagher here on Talk Sport. Now, earlier on, I did mention we were talking to Phil Brown. Perhaps he's not on the phone because of the result against Sunderland. He's not available still now. Still wagging his finger at his players. He'll be the out there. They're still sat out there on the pitch, getting a dressing mm. down, a very public dressing. I down. like that. Did you see? Well, that, one of the one of the defining moments of the season, I think, is that lot getting a getting a telling off at City's uh, ground. Oh, yeah, it's an interesting <clears throat> choice. That I think it's backfired on him. That you think you can identify that as the pro- perhaps he will later on think what was that crazy moment when I didn't answer when the I phone tried to, when I tried to out mind game the whole team right mind games oh mind game oh what's here <laughs> is that a mind game a big public mind game this is not a mind game this you're, is real you've been rubbish <laughs> you've got to learn to identify the difference between what's real and what's a mind game. There's been a lot of mind games, not least from me. I claimed earlier on that we will be talking to Barack Obama, West Ham's most famous and successful fan, seeing as he's the most powerful man in the world. Well, finally now, we're going to make that dream real, Noel, by calling up Barack Obama, or at very least, 
some poor sod at the White House. Now let's get through to them and see if we can get some sense okay, this out is of these people. What do you mean? You're bailing out? No, you said you were going to actually talk. Oh. Thank you for calling the White House comment line. It's a pleasure. The office is now closed. Oh, great. Your comment oh. is very important. Well, that's all right. I'll just leave an answer phone message. Call again between no the problem. No, be careful there. Be careful. What? what? Answer phone messages. Listen, I'm good at answer phone messages. I won't have my... Don't question me as a broadcaster. I don't turn up in your recording studios, do I, and say, oh, yeah, I've got a suggestion for some rhymes. You've turned up at Abbey Road twice. I've done that lovely song, when I'm 64... Oh, hello there, I've got a message for everyone at the White House. This is Russell Brand calling from TalkSport. Uh, Barack Obama has claimed to be a West Ham fan. I've not seen him at Upton Park. I'd like him to come down. I'd like to invite him to be our guest. Also, does he think... Gianfranco Zola is a good manager. I think he's doing a lovely job. Barack Obama, you are the wind beneath all of our wings, collectively. Please make... What are you saying, Noel? Careful here. Steady. Steady on. Well, I, I like Barack Obama. I, late, oh, it was okay. me, Noel, that at the VMA Awards Can suggested I... to the people of America they vote him in. And <laughs> since then, he's become president. Have I had a word of thanks? Not one. That I... be, so pop down Can West Ham. I'd just like to make a statement that this better not compromise my visa application. Oh, but it's nothing to do with me. I nothing to do I'm with a fan me. of Americans, and Noel Gallagher is a fan of Americans too. We're all coming over. I'm going over there work next week. So anyway, that's basically the message. Now. Uh, feel free to put the phone down. <laughs> from, yeah, do put the, pop the phone down now because that's the only bit that's really, that, the phone's gone down. That's our message. Well, hopefully we'll hear back well, from you, Barack that, Obama. You, you build that at the top of the show as mm. we're going to be speaking it to was Barack over, Obama. But right. you, knew, you knew for a fact that all you were doing was doing the, you know, the, oh, we'll phone and leave an answer machine message. I thought we might get some sort of flunky, to be honest, mate. I thought someone might answer us. Well, middle... on behalf of Mr. Obama, I'd like to say he's a keen Hammers fan. I was hoping for something He wasn't like a that. Walt Disney character, you <laughs> had in mind, was he? Uh, <laughs> Not like Dumbo the Elephant's oh, Ringmaster. Okay. <laughs> he loves <laughs> I would have liked something like that, some sort of contribution for someone. Yeah, hopes were not high of getting the president of the United no. States well, on the I, phone. I, 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 I knew that. Some, some idiot. Some I don't know when you became so cynical, Noel Gallagher, about my abilities as a broadcaster. About to... a week after I met you. <laughs> That's, that was the when time. You, when, uh, when you phoned me every minute, that well, not every kind of chance you got on the air. I know. And I just, you know, I the only I wish you weren't here now, so I could call you up and have you as a guest. I wish, but, I wish I wasn't here now. <laughs> you're doing a wonderful, a wonderful piece of broadcasting. Sat in front of you is a beautiful pile of banana skins, and you've not slipped on one of them. That's <laughs> how great a broadcaster you've become, Noel Gallagher. Okay, well, we have failed to bring you Barack Obama, but there's no reason at all why we should not move on with some of the other items we promised. Magic sponge, you may remember that. Would have been a brilliant jingle. Would have been a brilliant jingle. Obviously, we can't do your suggested filthy swearing item, Noel, because of the law. Yes. So here are some... There are some magic... Sp people here want our help, and we're in a perfect position to give them it. Here is some advice. Hi, guys, says Chris from Bournemouth and Hi. Bath. Hi. Yeah, he's informal. He's approaching... Chris is approaching us in a very informal fashion. Hi, guys, Chris from Bournemouth and Bath. What from Bournemouth and Bath? Where's that? It's, it's really weird actually because those are two different. Is that like Dagenham and Redbridge? Well, it's kind of odd because the place he's mentioning, Bournemouth and Bath, yeah, is a. Oh, what can I miss? They're miles away from each other. They're miles they? from each other. Apparently, Chris, part of him at least, has been designed in Bournemouth and nurtured in Bath. I mean, I personally, for the purposes of an email, I just go. I'm from Bournemouth or yeah. Bath. Oh, because it doesn't matter. It doesn't. Who is it anyway? It in a way, we're not going to say. Well, hold on. This is a guy from Bournemouth. The advice will 
very deeply from if this was an individual from oh, Bath. Anyway. These are not strongly entrenched cultural mm. identities. I wanted some football advice. I'm a goalkeeper, but at five foot nine, my height will be an issue in the future. Is there a way I can make myself taller between the sticks? Can Noel shed some light on this? <laughs> After all, I hear that Oasis were as big as the Rolling Stones. So it seems that he's actually asking for your advice, but also... How to be taller. Do you know anything about height? Do that thing where Peter Michael used to just wave your hands up and down in the air and do a star jump. Create the illusion of height. Be intimidating. Or perhaps a Bruce Grobelar's spaghetti legs. Yeah. Use the sp- no. Bruce Grobelar, when people would approach him or take a penalty, he was never afraid to make his legs resemble spaghetti. Chris, this is something you can do. It's not about height. It's about beautiful legs resembling spaghetti. You've got Schmeichel's mm-hmm. arm wave. You've got the spaghetti legs. You've got all sorts of options. But what I will say is make a decision whether you want to be from Bath or Bournemouth because you can't serve two masters no. in this way. No, 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 no. Eventually, you're going to have to commit. Now, one of the other issues we need to resolve before this beautiful radio show comes to its climax is which club is the greater, Manchester City or West Ham United FC? OK, once and for all, Noel, if we've learned one thing over the course of this radio show, it's that for us to ever decide once and for all who's better, Manchester City or West Ham, we need someone who's been on the inside, Steve Lomas is on the phone. He's perfectly positioned to give us some definitive answer. Hello, Steve. How are you doing? How are you doing, Russell? How are you doing, Noel? I'm very well, Steve. Good, How are you? Good, good. I'm very good, thank you. Yeah, I hear you having the right to be at. I've just thrown the question open to my mates in the pub. Oh, they yeah? Still, they still can't come up with an answer. Well, OK, well, we've got some questions here, Steve, that are designed to, to get unequivocal truth from you, and here are some of those questions. Go on, then. Steve, you've been at Man City, you've been at West Ham... Which club has the nicest canteen facilities? <laughs> well, definitely Man City. Really? Uh, at the time, What's yeah. better? What's better about it, Steve? What's better about the canteen at Man the City? Food, the, food, the food's fantastic. Uh, in all fairness, the food used to be not so great at West Ham, but then we had a, a chef takeover called Tim Deere. He, oh. was, he was fantastic. But what a fine chef. Right, so, okay, but West Ham, so initially West Ham's cuisine was below par, but has improved. 100%, 100%. Tim DF used to, like, work on, I think his his best uh, mate was George Lucas, who used to do the Star Wars movies. George Lucas was his best man, and he used to work on all the Steve, really? Steve, honestly... Oh, you know, you, you are, we are talking to you from a pub, are we, mate? No, 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 I'm just outside at the minute. Just moved out. <laughs> Did they throw you out of that pub, Steve, because you were saying unusual things? No, definitely. This is the truth. You can check it up, Russell. If you want to do your, want to do your research, that's the truth. No, fair enough. Well, All right, mate, we will... Steve, res- Steve, that is a sore point over the last two hours. If anybody... If anybody... If anybody... Was he, was he, if, if, he winging it or what? If, if anybody would have done their research, this would have gone like clockwork. <laughs> Steve, okay. That is, Man so, City, one up. Man City, one up. He's Noel Gallagher's keeping score here. Okay, all right. Which club has got the best fans? Obviously, don't judge between me and Noel. Wow. Obviously, that would be straight up West Ham fan Russell Brand. But in general, in general, in, Steve, in it's general, a man who's played for both. If you can't Can, choose, let's just say he's got the most. Let me, let me, let me just say, I've been very privileged. They're both, as I call, West Ham and Man City are very familiar. Uh, they are... They are proper, true fans. They support the club through thick and thin. Um, but I would have to say, Who's very gonna... close in this one, um, I'd have to say Man City because they'll definitely get... Why get are you saying this, club. Steve? You were beloved! Listen, I love West Ham. You know that, Russell. I love them. I love them. I think the fans, the fans 
but they're very close. But I just think Man City, you know, and let's have it right. They ha- they have they listen. They've got the most fans in Manchester. You know, and then you've got that other club there that 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 they're the, the playing against. But obviously, a lot of their fans come from. No, Gallagher, he's like, no. Ar- looking so arrogant. You've just boosted an ego that did that well, needed listen, the opposite. Not, listen, Steve, listen, listen, no. He's gloating. Listen, no looked after me loads of times whenever we went to a couple oh, of games away. Oh, that was a fix. The whole thing's a fix. You haven't, you haven't given me any free tickets yet, Russell. Steve, I will do whatever it takes. To get some honesty out of you. <laughs> no, that is the honesty. The ironic thing Two is, Steve. free tickets and it can be swayed. Is if the three stooges would have done their research, you wouldn't even be on the line now. Why is somebody Steve else on the line? It would be somebody else who they'd coached. Mind like games, Sinclair. Mind games. This is a anyway, bloody biggest mind game. All right, we'll continue. It's two 0 to see. What are you saying, Noel? Okay, okay. All right, Steve. Which fans had the best chant about you, and what were those chants, Stevie Lomas? <laughs> I don't know if we can put them on on air, but normally right. it was get the ginger geezer off. Oh, get the ginger. Okay, fair enough. Okay, that's see, that's a tie. All right, what, at Christmas time, Steve Lomas, it's currently 2 0 to City. At Christmas time, who put on the best festive Christmas do? It's 3 1. It's 3 1. 3 1 currently. Yeah, you, you know, the Junior Blues, listen, whenever you've been to the Junior Steve? Blues, you've, you've had to sing karaoke and you've got like 2,000 2, kids there. You haven't lived until you have done that there. No one knows what he's done. Listen, no, no one knew that was a banker. He knew he's been to the Junior Blues. He knows what it's all about. I was a Junior Blue. My you son a is a Junior Blue. blue. Your son's a Junior Blue. The old thing's a quango. both Junior Blues, and they look after the young kids. It's a special place, the Junior Blues. Oh, oh right. it's a great okay. club. Steve, it's a great club, and we're about to find out it's the best club. Oh, my, this is it's a bloodbath. Steve, OK, we'll continue, because I think there's several more questions. West Ham could still draw a level no if chance. Steve will participate and find some decency <laughs> within his cold ginger heart. <laughs> Steve. Hey, it's Robbie Braun, Russell, come on. You can call it what you will, Steve. I sniff injustice. <laughs> the vinegary scent of injustice is coming from you. Which club had the best... Coach driver, Steve. Now think back to those oh, days, those away games. Legendary ours. Who had the best? Legendary ours. Look, Noel Gallagher's leaning back in his banana chair now. He's stiff as a board. He's bulging, he's stiff. He's disgusting. I've got to say, nah, definitely West Ham. Oh. The last thing. We'd, hey, listen, we have a poor coach at Man City, but definitely West Ham. He, West he, Ham. he was a good lad, and he knew, he knew a couple of shortcuts. He knew so, the uh, shortcuts. He, he, so there you go. 3-1, definitely, definitely West Ham. We can definitely give West Ham that one. Thank you, although you did make it sound like a concession. It's 3-2 <laughs> 4-2, <laughs> it's 4-2. Corruption! Can you count, no? Tell him how to add up or what? It's 4-2. This is how his album sales are according to him, so sky eye. Who were your best friends at either club? Which uh, who did you room with? Because I, th- I think football's still in the fifties. Who, who did you? Uh, yeah, who was your best mate at City? Who was your best mate at West Ham United? <laughs> who was the Jigs? Did you ever get there? I used to I used to room with Mickey Sharon only because he had bigger ears than me. And at West Ham, it used to be John Mancura, and he has got a smaller one than I've got. What? Oh. So I used to pick. I used to pick people that enhance me. Were you happy to be? <laughs> you pick people that enhance you. Good system. I think West. I can't say how we can award West Ham more points. <laughs> he's not. He's not said. He's not said either way. Okay. Who did you like best? John Monker. Who's the fellow with Mike, big lugs? Mike, Mike at Sharon. City? Mike Sharon. Mickey Mike, the Lug Sharon. 
Nah, listen, I can't take the both. They're both me. Ah, uh, one, one, one That's got to be a tie. Okay, so no, writing all this down like a boy with Sabutio keeping a little league table. It's nice to watch. It's lovely. I never see. So hold on. So what? The currently just, the scores I'm, I'm are just, four just, three. Just, just, just trying to relieve the boredom. Okay. <laughs> All right, Steve. Well, hang on a minute. One, two, three, four. Steve, five, generally three, speaking, five, three. when you uh, when you speak to people about the clubs you've played for, are people more impressed by the fact that you played for City yes. or for West Ham United? No. Come on, that's Steve. Got, that's got to be a tie. Well, it depends where he is. Sure, that's depends. Good. No, that's got to be a tie. Listen, no, listen I've been privileged say, to I play for most, for, for both teams. They're, they're fantastic clubs, like fantastic fans. You know, i, I got to say, I've been very privileged privileged to play for both. You have indeed. Stevie, in a way, football's the, the real winner. The only person who's lost as a result of this item is John Moncur, who you have insulted. <laughs> I'd like to say, I used to, when, when watching John Moncur, I always thought what an impressive looking man he was and I'd like to redress that balance. But other than that, Stevie, you have been a fantastic guest on our radio show. Good job, man. Appreciate that. So the final score would be, Noel? 6-4 to Man City. 6-4 to Man City. Yeah, Congratulations. Steve, well, Steve, Steve, just before you go, do you remember when you came to see Oasis at Main Road and getting in a mass oh, brawl? In the dr- yeah, no, yeah, he, got, yeah. he got in a mass brawl in the dressing room Steve. with Georgie King Clancy, right? And, no, uh, no, it was, no, it was... remember? Was, you do remember. You were, all absolute, you were all absolutely plastered in the dressing room. In a mad fight in the dressing room. No, you know who it was. You know who it was. Neil. It wasn't George and Cloudy. It was. There was Neil Lennon. Another, Neil Lennon. Another, another ginger. There were a pair of them going off in our dressing room. Why are you doing like that? It's like this dressing room. Everywhere. You're brawling. Yeah, brawling. Against Neil Lennon. What, what was it? So it was a, a ginger war. This is what they're saying. Ginger, ginger on ginger violence. Ginger on ginger violence. Strawberry blonde gang stuff going down, man, that we didn't want to get involved <laughs> The only in, colour that I mean. night was the red, red blood of two very, very drunk there was men. More, there's more than two of them. There's about three or four. Brawling. Keith Curl was, Keith Curl was in there. Keith he was Curl in there. He was present. In. Stevie, you are an honourable man and a gentleman. There you go. Stevie Lomas there. <laughs> you know, we could you know, I think all this talk of Barack Obama was a senseless waste of time. Stevie Lomas, we've had him on the line. He's been a wonderful final four, guest two, for us, three, I think. Four, five, six, four. Man City, uh, according Count to... Count up your points, According no. to the only expert who really has any inside knowledge... Yeah. Stevie Lomas, Man City have yeah. won. Well, what a wonderful! You got you been. got best coach driver, <laughs> and you don't got, ridicule our you got, winnings. You, a, you actually only won one outright. The rest were <laughs> you only got best coach driver. The rest were draws. The, the rest, the rest, <laughs> the rest were ties. I think I think that is a wonderful result, and I think in a way there's a glorious equality. We're two downtrodden men supporting downtrodden clubs and Stevie Lomas has, I think, sh- shared love more beautifully than he ever did when attending an Oasis gigs from the sound of things. That was a that was a proper brawl as well, him and Neil Lennon. It? Yeah, it was all right, a proper fight. A proper fight. Yeah, I mean, you just can't, you gave them hospitality tickets as well, I imagine. They come backstage, VIP, mm. brawling. brawling. Unacceptable. I wouldn't mind, but we were playing Villa the next day and we could be lost and went down. <laughs> Bloody hell! What an awful ending to that terrible, terrible story. I know, there you go. But at least Man City, though. he's made it. He's made up for it in some way by well, he's made awarding up, you. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, suddenly said you've got the best celebrity fans, etc., or the best canteen at least. Mm. All right, well, thank you very much. Okay, so uh, you're listening to Russell Brand and Noel Gallagher on Talksport. Talksport on air, online, and in magazine at talksport.net/mag. Talksport, 10:89 and 10:53 a.m. Life's a pitch on Talksport. So you have been listening to Russell Brand and Noel Gallagher here on TalkSport. Noel, before we go, I feel that we have an obligation to talk about international football and England and English pride, 
Britain, British football. Do you, uh, this is a question that I know that uh, uh, Frank Skinner and David Baddiel often muse. Would you prefer City won the uh, Premiership or England won the World Cup? City won the Premiership. Right, now this is typically uh, assumed to what be class-defining. Would class you, you prefer well, West Ham winning the league or... I, like, I think I'd... But if if England won the World Cup, it'll be everywhere. Ubiquitous joy, celebrations everywhere, everywhere you wander. People with a spring in their step. Of course, it will be a particular and special joy to have West Ham win the Premier League. But kind of the philanthropist in me, the altruist, thinks, ah, oh, well, England. Then everyone will be involved. We'll be bonded as yeah, a nation. I'm, I'm not. Sh- I'm not. Well, we spoke about this before in, yeah. uh, in your book, in it. I'm not sure yeah. whether England winning the World Cup. The journey's over then. Then we can all just pack up and go home. Yeah, what do we do after that? Well, what that? do we do after that? Do you know what I mean? Well, I think if City won the Premiership, it's such a personal thing to... Right, it's still things entire... to look towards. Because, you know, you don't, you, don't, you don't... Like, England are not your local team. No, they're not, are they? It's no. a trumped-up idea of nation. Does it even really exist, nation? Does it nation? even really exist? But you see, because I've got no English blood in me because my parents are Irish, right? That's true. But I was, obviously, I was born in England, Yeah. right? So, what do you think? So, do you follow the, the Republic's games? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, when when the but the the the, the crunch comes is when the Republic of Ireland play England. Then what do you do now? Well, I then all, you're nobody's son. I don't know. I always go for the underdog. Oh Christ! That's it, England. <laughs> <laughs> in that situation, yeah. yeah. Okay, but like, so, but say City, you know, in a couple of years, could be in a position to win the Premiership. What if all this money is getting pumped into them? Don't you think then somehow that it will be tainted? That somehow no, you just never. don't care? No, I don't care. You just want it. I, I hope that we legitimately buy that trophy, and so people can be in no doubt that we haven't won it fair and square. We bought it. Just bought it. That's it. I it's been care. a purchase. But I don't care. I want to be on the bus with the players, going round town, going. <laughs> it's a very badly driven bus. You'd be at grave risk, in my view. He's the like, se- second best coach driver in England. <laughs> some say. <laughs> Rubinho, though, say the best example of a player being per- like you've purchasing power. It's been all a bit daft, isn't it? And yeah. A bit mad. He don't like training. Yeah. Well, he don't know where he is. I, I, it goes like this with Rubinho. I've already got a signed shirt by him. He can do one. You've got the sign shirt, Not off you go. Though. Off you go. Same with what what annoys me about players like him and Drogba is is like they they'll play for one manager but not for another. But really they should be playing for the supporters all the time. Should be regardless of who manages the team. Play for the supporters. Play for the supporters. Yeah, right. So yeah, okay, so you you're in a position to say this because like you, you play for your fans, you don't play for the people who book the gigs. It's your relationship with your fans. Yeah, people of course. that come see you. Yeah. yeah. Right, so of course it should be an integral relationship with the supporters. The game is about the supporters, yeah, right? Of course it is. It's not about who man. It's like now Drogba's playing out of a skin under Hiddink yeah. and he wasn't doing it under Scolari because he had some problem with him. That's ludicrous. That is an unusual thing, personality, psychology. It's, it's a disgrace is we, what it is. It's bloody ill. That's strong words it from is you, a disgrace. Gallagher. And, it, and then, you know, they should play for the supporters all the time. Yeah, I agree all with the you. Time. Never mind managers. Managers are, you know... They're transient... They come, they go. Be it Hiddink, the Trawlerman, be it Scolari, the swarthy Latino lover, <laughs> or the adorable Jose Mourinho. These things are all transient. They'll pass, but suppose they'll be there forever. I, right, yes. Yeah, a curse. Yeah. Passing it down through the generations in some cases. Unlike you, you've gone down to that London. Your son will be an Arsenal fan, bequeathed a great gift by you, a generous gift to, for a father. I know, I'm not saying son. he's going to be an Arsenal fan. I just hope he's not a Tottenham fan. Well, he won't be a Tottenham fan. What a journey it's been for us, you and I. I think we've resolved a great many issues. You've eaten several bananas. We've had Jonathan Ross on the show. We've had Stevie Lomas on. He's once and for all proven we had, we that he's a, a savage man who doesn't that, know his own mind. We had that psychologist who was talking out of his behind. Or was it a mind game? 
game, no. no you can't tell. I liked him. He's won me over with his mind games, Martin Perry. It's been a great show. Who knows when we'll when we'll rise again, you and I, when we'll back next be on the airwaves. We've become sort of mercenaries. We've well, become, in fact, like drogbers, available for hire, turning up here on Talk Sport. We're doing them a favour. Yeah, we have done them a huge favour. We're yeah. doing them a favour. And I've enjoyed I've enjoyed doing them. That favor, that's the head of Talk Sport just gave us two f- thumbs up. We've done a glorious favour oh, to this lovely radio that's, station. That's pathetic. That is, don't do the thumbs up. Just get the Yorkshire tea bags when we come back in here next. Yorkshire time, tea gym. bags is what he requires. Northern War of Roses meant nothing to this man. None of this Earl Grey nonsense. Well, there it is. British tea for a fine that tea that tastes like perfume. It tasted a perfume. He's at least you've given him something that tastes of perfume. Look at his little face. It's all <laughs> screwed up. Well, okay, well congratulations now. I've enjoyed working with you. It's been a lovely experience. What should we do I've now? I've actually do you know what I've enjoyed this time. He's actually getting paid for it this time. Did you get some money for this? I, well, you're getting money for this, aren't you? I presume so. I don't ask those kind I of questions. Vulgar. If you ask me, I think, talk about that. I think we're being paid on Handsomely. parity. Parity? Yes. I've carried this thing naturally. Oh, You've yeah. done a lot of the work, so oh, I don't mind that. I feel like actually, you, you, you mobbed on a lot of the preparation, which amounted to very little. <laughs> right. Everybody you said was going to phone up, didn't N- Nothing materialised, Nothing materialised. Where's Barack Obama? Uh, but apart from the guy, the psychobabble fella, that was it. He was the nuts. Re- the, rest was, the rest was done on the hoof. Physician heal thyself. And they're going to pay us for this rubbish. We're getting money for this. Nonsense. We're laughing. Nonsense. Vanity Project is on a blag. (laughs) (laughs) I own that thing. 15 years ago, you were sat in a bloody building site. Yeah. Playing a guitar with a bad foot. And now you're here. Spouting your mouth off. It quids in. It could happen to anybody. It could be you. It could be you next. Thank you very much for joining us here on TalkSport. I'm Russell Brand. You're Noel Gallagher. Anything you want to end on? I want to end on G. G is going to summarise this whole (laughs) glorious experience. In a wonderful poem. And here he is, okay. Mr. G, Poet Laureate. This poem is called Everything to Play For. At the end of the day, it's a game of two halves. Half village, half wit, daft lyrics, half-hearted. A mind game where you can work your socks off to get a resprayed banjo. So substitute Scaramouche and watch him do the Fandango. Over the blue moon shines, Barack blows bubbles in mine. So set up the stalls from early doors and call the fog on the time. If you give 110%, you get Noel, Brandon, Ross back again. Or end up as sick as a parrot from this funny old game. There he goes, Mr. G, all on the mic. How did he do it? What a beautiful climax. Thank you, Mr. G. Thank you, Jonathan Ross. Thank you, Stevie Lomas. Thank you, Noel Gallagher. Thanks, all of you, for listening. Who knows when we'll appear again? I'd have thought, I'm at the end of my tour. At the end of your tour? Should we do another radio show? Yeah. Right, the end of his tour with Oasis. We'll be back on this radio station. That's a pledge there. Finishes in October. We'll right, just you've just it. ruined our negotiation power. <laughs> or will we not come back? Maybe we won't. Who's to say? Thank you. For, what, what are you saying? Don't ruin the negotiation power. I'll bring my own tea bags. Bring your own tea bags. And I mm. shall be tea bagging for the both of us. Thanks for listening to Russell Brown and Noel Gallagher <laughs> here on TalkSport. That's the radio show. Sweet. Pick the bones out of that. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight might bring They'd spare you on in London town When he had those jo-
Dang it, dang, dang, ding it, dong, ding, blue moon.